Podcast episode 23, The Phantom Suck. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. And uh, welcome back, guys. Yes, we have brought the Suck episodes back. Woohoo! Woohoo! These are the free balling episodes, as if our other ones aren't. <laughs> yeah, as if our balls didn't need to be freed enough. Right. Uh, but we do have some topics to talk about. We just don't know which direction we're going to go with them. Right. And we have some surprises probably for this episode. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be a good time. And, uh, yeah, it was just it's just a fun time to get together, talk about some news, some things that are coming up, and uh, yeah, basically as geeks, it's a pretty good time in our lives. Uh, Toy Fair happened yep. pretty, oh, a month ago or so, so we're going to talk on that and hit on that. What we like, what we're excited about. Uh, free comic book day is coming up in May. Yep. They've released some of those. What we're talking about, what we're excited about on those, and just you know yep. stuff in general that we're finding at our local stores or we're reading and yep. just yeah. Talking. But uh, before we get into that, uh, just a real brief thing is uh, I do have another, just like last episode, I do have another ammo dump that also has a tie-in to the Star Wars blaster shots. What the hell was that? Why does he still have that gun? Don't worry, it's blanks. Blanks? <laughs> yeah. sounded real. No, no, it's, it's blanks. I don't know. So, <laughs> so my... I fear a lot in this so chair. <laughs> Why don't we go ahead into the uh, ammo dump then? You must be eating a lot of Mexican to be dumping a lot. Of <laughs> hey, ooh, it just feels good, you know. Word. Uh, but anyways, we have uh, the. I don't know if you do. You have something you want to cover for the ammo dump? All right, go ahead. You okay, can dump away, sir. Okay. Well, I do have the Annihilators number one, uh, which I have been following the Marvel Cosmic stuff for quite some time, and just really enjoy these characters. Now, the thing I will say is, unlike past issues, I am of anything Marvel Cosmic. I am not a big fan of the art for the actual Annihilators part. I am more of a fan of... That art. <laughs> of the Xenoscope Entertainment art. Great horn art. <laughs> fan of that. Yeah, you're a fan of that. Aren't you? I'll take it, sure. Damn right you will. Um, but I did like the art for the Rocket Raccoon section that they did, uh, which was him tracking down uh, Groot. Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, he's an awesome character. I, I think the last dump I had resembled him. No, no, no. <laughs> He's an awesome character, dude. I pinched off a Rocket Raccoon. No, don't don't even make fun of Rocket Raccoon. They actually made him a pretty cool character. Yeah, so whatever. Um, That's hard to do. I know. That's the thing. When I first read this, I was like, okay, um, yeah, you, made, you just made a raccoon interesting to me. So... I uh, but they do make an actual. Uh, they the first part actually brings back. Do you remember Rom the Space Knight? Far, far away in another galaxy, the Knights of the Soul Star Order, defenders of justice and truth, have been ambushed by the evil magicians, the Diorites. The Soul Star Order has prevailed and are now seeking out their scattered enemies. 
one of these knights has followed the trail of the Diorates all the way to Earth. This one the Diorates fear more than all others. This one has hounded them and kept them underground for centuries. This one alone could wipe them off the face of creation. He is Rom, Lord of the Soul Star Order. Rom, the Wraith Slayer. Rom, the Space Knight. Even he must be careful. The Diorates can assume any form they wish. Rom counters this with the Energy Analyzer. With it, he can see through appearances and determine the true essence of any being. Rom also has a weapon unique to his order, the Neutralizer, which can disorganize any molecular structure. He has rocket pods, which can instantly send him soaring. He has a translator through which he can communicate with any intelligent being in the universe. And his respirator allows him to breathe in any atmosphere. Rom, Lord of the Soul Star Order. Rom, the Wraith Slayer. Rom, the Space Knight. A microelectronic creation from Parker Brothers. Yeah, right. Toy yeah. from a, a kid. Oh, yeah. There was a comic based on him also. And what they actually did is they don't have the license. Marvel, I think, doesn't have the licensing anymore to for call it Rom. To call it Rom. So they brought the Space Knights back, but they made a female character for this particular issue. Hmm. So I thought that was kind of neat to be able to try to bring the character back like that. Um, I'm trying to find in here in the Rocket Raccoon section, there's it's actually. This, this ammo dumps longer than your regular dump. Shut up. <laughs> Had a lot of fiber. <laughs> no doubt. But they actually do have a Star Wars. Wars. Pinch it off here. Right. <laughs> they do have an actual Star Wars reference in here, and I can't find it now. Yeah, enjoying your funny books, aren't you? Yep, I'm enjoying them. Uh, but, anyways, you can find it yourself. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> it's a suck episode, so. Uh, but there is a Star Wars reference in the Rocket Raccoon section, so. Uh, you just have to trust me on that one. Do you remember what it was? If it's like a Slave Leia reference, it was like another. It was like another Han Solo type reference. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. But so if you read it, right, you'll find it. You'll find it. But I would check it, check it out. Uh, it wouldn't be my first. The Annihilator's number one wouldn't be my first recommendation <laughs> if you want to get into the Marvel Cosmic. Because again, I'm not a fan of yeah. the art in the first. Section of it. There's it, two. There's two stories in there. Price point on this four ninety nine. Ouch. But you're getting two stories. It's a it's a double sized issue. Yeah. So or a larger issue, I should say. Yeah, ouch. So it's a mini series. So it's not like it's going to be ongoing like that wow. at that price. But if you go through DCBS, you get it a lot cheaper. Why people are not going through DCBS is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, they just have a lot of disposable income. I guess so. Those rich bastards. But let's get into some fun talk here. Yeah. So Toy Fair happened, and oh, raccoon. <laughs> it's good, dude. Whatever, dude. It's good. Uh, you toy... well... When you're done with your ammo dump, leave that book there because you'll need it for paper. No, it's a good book. All right, whatever. Rocket Raccoon's awesome. Hey, you can't. I would love to debate that. You can't. You could debate it if you actually read it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to. But since you no, you don't. No. Since you didn't read it, you can't judge Back it. Back to Toy Fair. You can't judge it. Do we have our previews issue in this room? Or is it the studio? Uh, or no, it's not in this room. All right. But don't worry, I have all the I know, I've stuff there. So All along. Well, you know. With our readers. No. In previews. No. All right. <laughs> Maybe when we get to that. Um, I don't think I have them up here. No. So. Press pause. No. No. All right. You want me to go get them? If we have it. Sure. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we, we're back because uh, Chuck needed his precious preview so he could look at the free comic book day stuff. I need my guide. So, uh, and there's toys in the back. Right. But the free comic book day stuff, I think, is near the beginning. Yeah, so. I'll find it. Right here it is. Yep. All right, so do you want to talk about that first? Or do you want to talk about Toy Fair first? Let's go to Toy Fair. Okay. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that came out. Uh, first off, there's the Thundercats stuff. Yeah. And uh, once again, I prepared and Chuck didn't. But I basically... We are who we are, people. I basically printed out some images of stuff that I was interested in, so it might not be stuff that Chuck's interested in. But I know what it is. Right. So uh, we have the lineup of the cartoon toys the, for the new cartoon. The new cartoon, yeah. And when I looked at the... I think these are the three and three quarter inch figures. Yeah. They don't look that bad when I see them in these images. Now, again, as we've talked about in the past, to be determined sometimes pictures are yeah. misleading. So... But I like the yeah, lino. These are the three and three quarter because they they're with the uh, thunder tank, right? The, the, the cat's lair. It's not the cat's lair. It's something else. Cat's tower. It. Yeah, it sucks. Word. I'm not interested in the cat's tower or lair or whatever no, the hell the they're calling it. Said, yeah, I'll, I'll be passing. Yeah, on that. I have no interest in that one. But I might get the core characters if they look good in person. I might get the thunder tank if it looks good. Comes with snarf. I know that's the thing. That's the one drawback. <laughs> the one drawback. Uh, I. I'm thinking about possibly passing on these characters, unless I really like the cartoon. What I'm more interested in the Thundercats is they're doing the the six inch throwback classic yeah. characters, and those are the ones I'm going to you know. And they did make a, money. a 14 inch figure type statue thing. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Too. Yeah, because the hundred two hundred dollars or something doll, like that. Which, yeah. <laughs> Huge. Uh, but yeah, the six inch figures I'm kind of interested in. Although if you look closely on the Tigra picture, it looks kind of plasticky. Which reminds me very much of this type of plastic that we covered with the Donald Duck figure. The helmet was kind of this hard plastic that makes it kind of brittle. Yeah, over time. So I'm afraid of it being like that. I'm hoping it's not. We don't know until we actually get it in our hands and check them out. But they they look really good. I mean, the new ones that they're making look really like updated classic ones that look like... They're like the Masters of the Universe classics for Thundercats. You take the old toy and just update it with new articulation and new styling and new you know, sculpting, and it looks really awesome. Yeah. So that's what the ones I like. Yeah. Um, I, I'll definitely be looking to get those. Yeah, just because I'm a fan of the Masters of the Universe classics. Yeah. I can almost guarantee that I will get those as far as the main characters. I Again, the three and three quarter inch ones for the new cartoon are going to be iffy if they look cool or not. Yeah, I'm just hoping they do most of the main characters in this line right. because the only ones they're talking about right now is Lino and Tigra. Right. We still need a Chitara, a Panthro, Mumra, know, Mumra, Slide, you know, Wiley Kit, Wiley Cat, you know, who yeah. knows? And then, you, then you got the expanded ones like um, Monkey and Jackal. Lynx. Uh, oh, you're talking about, yeah, yeah. yeah. All that, all the, the expanded Thundercat right. people, yeah. Bengali. Mm hmm. Um, and then I... Maybe even a Jaga, who knows? Yeah, maybe. Jaga would be cool. Oh, yeah. Then I started looking at DC Direct, because I like DC. And Marvel really isn't coming out with too many toys. So, but... No, no, no. <laughs> well, Marvel U is, but... No, Marvel's going back to Marvel Legends. Did you hear that? No, I did not. Yeah, they're going back to making the Marvel Legends figures. Oh, okay. So that's new coming out, too. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. See what happens with that. So I think they had they are looking at DC's success with the the classics. DC classics, and they're like, well, yeah, we need to get back into that because uh, the Marvel U figures pretty much 
in our area where we're at here that's all peg warming with the Iron right. Man, yeah. Spider Mans. I just saw the Thor figures for the movie. Yeah, uh, I'm probably not gonna get them. Not terribly impressed with those. Yeah. I might buy one just because it's Thor. I'm, After I see the movie, I'll get yeah. all jazzed up and go buy one. Of course you yeah. will. Um, but I, I tell you what I do like is that bigger I saw Thor the character. Big Thor one. Yeah. The $20 one where you press the belt buckle yeah. and it says Thor stuff. Yeah. That's pretty fucking sweet. Okay. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of movie toys in general. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, the exception is Star Wars, but I don't feel... I, I don't even really feel like they're movie. Those are movie toys anymore. I feel like they're just its own entity. Yeah. Um, but like the GI Joe movie toys, I wasn't. No, really I wasn't impressed with, with those. I was never impressed with the Batman movie toys. No. Ever like any Batman movie. The Iron Man ones that I got were, for the most part, all almost all the Iron Man ones I got were ones based off the comic book and uh, characters, and not yeah. the movie version characters. Yeah. I did get the War Machine movie version, but that's the only one. Everything else was the comic book versions of mm-hmm. Iron Man and I think I got a, an Iron Man uh, from the movie. The Marvel Select, yeah. Yeah, I got that. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, movie toys just usually don't impress me. Um, now, the, with the DC Direct, they are coming out with some more figures. They're going to come out with a four-pack, a Green Lantern four-pack, which is going to have a Black Lantern Blue Beetle, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, They have an African-American Star Sapphire. I'm sure she has a name, but I couldn't read it on the card that they had there. I don't know who it's supposed to be, so I didn't recognize it as a character. I, I could be totally screwing up in my Green Lantern knowledge, but I didn't recognize her. But I was like, okay, I have another Star Sapphire. That's cool. Um, Monk, which is one of the Indigo Lanterns, who I've been wanting them to make a figure of for a while. And then the main, char- main figure of this four-pack is a Hal Jordan half-and-half. Where he's half Green Lantern and half Blue Lantern. Nice. And that actually comes directly from comic books. Yeah. And I was always hoping that they would make that figure. I never thought they would. Yeah, but apparently they're doing it. They're doing it. It looks pretty freaking sweet. So yeah, I'll be getting that four pack. Then the brightest day figures. Uh, the only other, the only new ones that they kind of mentioned uh, were the next wave that's coming out, which is the Jade. Uh, it's going to have Jade, Hawk, Dove, and Aqualad. Aqualad the yeah. new Aqualad. From the cartoon. Well, he's from the comics. This one's from the comic the com- book. Okay. So this one's from the comic books. We'll get to the cartoon one in a little bit. Yeah, I know they're doing that too. Right. But this one's from the comic book, so he's got the dreadlocks and everything else where the, the other one did. cartoon yeah. does not. They have a whole bunch. They have a dead man figure for Brightest Day that's going to be coming out this year. And the cool thing with that figure is you can get the human head to uh, put on there instead of having the dead man mask well, he's head. alive, yeah. And he can hold, he has a separate hand that holds his mask. So nice. if you put the human head on, you can put the hand on where he's holding the mask, and he has a white lantern ring on. Nice. Uh, and I think he actually comes with a white lantern as well. Uh, you have Aquaman, which I don't need another Aquaman. Uh, you have Mira, his wife, yeah. his wife, who they've never really done a figure of before, so that's really cool. Uh, I like it any time they do a, a character they've never done a figure of. Or they of. haven't done it in quite a long time. Right. Yeah. Now, they did do a Mera figure as a Red, Red Lantern, Red Lantern yeah. but never as her standard, her standard what she looks yeah. like. And then there's a, what, a Hawkman, Hawkgirl, and Hawkgirl. Green and, Arrow. Yeah, Green Arrow, the hooded Green Arrow, which is kind of, like that, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, they're going to have Martian Manhunter, where he's got the pant, the blue pant leggings. 
Uh, they're doing a Firestorm figure, which is the combination of Jason Rush and Ronnie Raymond. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Probably not one I'm going to be getting because I already nah. have. I have the Jason Rush Firestorm and I have the Ronnie Raymond Firestorm. Yeah, both came in the DC Classics. Right. One was an exclusive. The the Jason one was the exclusive yep. part, right? Yeah. Yep. And then DC Direct's also going to start doing another Green Lantern wave, obviously for the movie. For the movie, yeah. So, but here's the thing I like about it. They're going to be doing characters that they have not ever done before. Which is good for Which you. is always good. Yeah. So they're going to have, there's this, I can't remember what the one character's name is, but he kind of looks like a werewolf man type of lantern. He's an alien. I can't, I meant to look up what his name was, but he, you know, he's another alien. They're going to do Stell, which is a robot Green Lantern. Now, the only problem that with that... That figure actually looks pretty good. It looks really cool. Here's the problem with them. DC Classic, the Green Lantern wave, wave mm-hmm. two, they're making him as a Build-A-Figure. Oh, so it'll be bigger and more proportioned. So, right. So, so you might want to pass on that. So I might want to pass on that one. Uh, Depending on who's in the wave, you got to buy to get the pieces. Exactly. Too. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, build a figure, figure, by the time you're done building it with all the other guys, could cost you 60 70 bucks. This one will probably cost you 15 Well, they are coming with figures, characters that I don't have figures for. Like, they're going to come with uh, Ion, uh, the new guy that, that is Ion, uh, as a Green Lantern. They're going to be. Uh, they're coming with. That's the one that's coming with multiple interchangeable heads for our Red Lanterns and Green Lanterns. Mm. Um, so it's going to be some characters I don't have. So I know it's like the Metal Men wave or something. No, on a lot of them. No, it, it actually has. It's all Green Lantern characters, style characters. Yeah. Um, they're going to do a Red Lantern Guy Gardner oh, from DC Direct, nice, which is awesome because people have been asking that ever since they saw, saw him it, do yeah. that in the comics. I know you were wanting one of those. Yeah, they're going to do a translucent green Hal Jordan. I like those. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty pretty wicked. Uh, for Blue Lanterns, they're going to do Worth. That's the elephant. The elephant-looking yeah. guy. They've never done him before. People have been asking for him because they did Saint Walker, and then they did Blue Lantern Flash, but they've never done any of the other Blue Lanterns, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, and that'll be a bigger, yep. beefier character. They're going to do another a regular Green Lantern guy, Gardner, who we they, done, they didn't need to redo that one because... Yeah, there was a DC Direct Green Lantern wave that had Guy Gardner, and, and he they, was in that five pack. And they right, came in. Yeah. He also came in the five pack. Now, if you didn't want to pay for the five pack and you didn't get the earlier Green Lantern wave, I guess yeah, I guess it works. And then they're also going to do uh, Soranek Natu, which is Sinestro's daughter yeah. who is dating or seeing, hooking up, shacking up with, sleeping with, with Kyle Rayner. Right. So nice. that's cool. They've never done her as a figure before. Um, then they're going to come out with Batman Arkham City wave of figures, and the only one that they've revealed so far is Harley Quinn in a new costume. Yeah. From the... Uh, different than the one she now, came I've in earlier. I've seen an email update that I had. Uh, there, one of them is going to be an, another Batman, and one of them is going to be a uh, Two-Face. Two-Face. Now, I saw a, a trailer Two-Face. for uh, Arkham City with Two-Face, yeah. and I was like, okay, that's probably going to be one of the characters that they do. Yeah, one of them is going to be a Batman, one of them is going to be Two-Face, and uh, the other half of the Two-Face is all like all red and burn up. Nice. And so the whole thing looks like way. Very so cool. cool. Now, the only problem for me is I already got two two faces. I got a DC Classics yeah. one and I have the Hush one. So I don't know if I'll get yeah. that one. Now, I just recently got the Batman Arkham Asylum uh, Batman figure. Right. The regular Batman figure. Which is awesome. Yeah, I haven't even opened it yet. I, I've been so busy. Oh, I opened it. That's like the best Batman I'll figure I've I'll probably open it gotten. today. So, I know. I saw yours and right. immediately wanted one. So, so far they've shown Harley Quinn, and she looks awesome. They've actually shown her as the figure. Yeah, I like this Harley Quinn better than the other one that they've shown, yeah. the first issue. One. They're both hot. 
Word. <laughs> then we have uh, from Mattel, Maddie, uh, Maddie Collector and everything. Yeah. Uh, they actually are going to come out with Louis Tully, uh, yeah. who was just released recently. They're also going to come out with the live... Uh, Louis Tully, they're going to do a version where he comes with the Librarian Ghost. Yeah, they're making the accessories that they're coming out with the Ghostbusters, since there's only really four Ghostbusters right. and a couple other characters they can do. They're giving them different accessories, and accessories are the Ghosts. The Ghosts. So it makes you buy other figures, which is kind of shady. And, yeah, and I, well, I like the Librarian Ghost that they're doing because she's the crazy Librarian Ghost, not mm-hmm. the standard shh, yeah, shh yeah. Librarian Ghost. And it's like, okay... Ready? Get her. Get her. That's your whole plan, right, Ray? Get Get her. Get her. That was your whole plan. Get her. More scientific. So, and then they showed that they're going to come out with the uh, five-pack, which is going to be the crime syndicate, Mm -hmm. uh, which is the Earth 2. They're the bad guy versions of the Justice League. So, some of those look pretty cool. Wasn't that part of the, uh, the cartoon they did? Yes, yeah. uh, it, but it, they've been long-standing. What was the name of that cartoon? I forget. Uh, uh, Crisis of Two Earths. Crisis of Two Earths, yeah. yeah. So they're doing those characters from Basically. Like Owlman. Yeah, they're going to have Owlman, it's going to be Ultraman, uh, Power Ring, uh, Johnny Quick. Yeah, Johnny Quick. And um, Ultra Woman, or I can't remember, Superwoman, yeah, I think is what she's Wonder called. Woman yeah, um, and then they're also going to finally come out this year. They're supposed to come out with... I thought they were supposed to come out with it last year, but the Legion of Superheroes, I think it's like a 12-pack or something like that. Nice. And it's going to have in there, you can only get... As far as I know, you can only get it as the 12-pack, and the Build-A-Figure that's going to come in there is going to be Colossal Boy. Uh, so I would really like to get that, but it's going to really depend on the price point. For 12 figures, yeah. That's going to be pricey. You're looking at, you might as well average 15 to 12 bucks a figure. Yeah, I know, I'm not so. I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, um, in a wallet. Yeah. Now, DC Classics are also going to come out with a, like, the Sentinels of Green Lantern, so the ones that were temporarily assigned, that's the next wave that's coming out. I kind of don't like the fact that they're doing it, because all it is is the Blackest those Night figures waves. figures are busts. Well, the Blackest Night waves that they did for DC Direct yeah. did all of these figures already. Nice. And now they're coming out with them for DC Classics. Now, the good side of it is the White Lantern. They're more Lan- articulated. They're more articulated, but also the White Lantern, Hal Jordan, and the Black Lantern, Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. were convention exclusives. So if you didn't go to the convention so you didn't or didn't go- buy them secondary market, right. here's a chance for you to get chance for you to get them. Yeah. So I understand those ones, but all the rest of them were just regular DC Direct figures that you could have gotten. Now they're coming out with them in DC Classic, and that's that whole yeah, like wave. that's the guy you got back there. Yeah, the Atom as an Indigo Lantern. Yeah. Now, the thing that kills me also about it... Is it- you're going to be buy him twice? Well, I'm not going to buy him twice. <laughs> I'm actually not going to. Some people will. Some people will. I might get Scarecrow because he looks very he looks a little different than the DC Direct version yeah. of Scarecrow. But that might be it. But the part that kills me is the Collect and Connect figure mm-hmm. is the Anti-Monitor. Oh, who I would love to have as a figure. Yeah, you might just buy that one secondary. Yeah, so... Um, cheaper, too. Now, the wave after that is going to be based... Most of it based on the Super Friends cartoon. Yeah, Super Friends cartoon. So yeah. you're going to have Samurai, yeah. Black Vulcan. The build figure is going to be Apache Chief. Awesome. Harunchuk! Harunchuk! They're going to have uh, Bronze Tiger... Uh, Toy Man, Toy Man yeah. which is from Super Friends, the Super Legion Friends version, Doom, yeah. Legion of Doom. And then they're going to have Captain Boomerang, how he looks 
in the comics now. Yeah, which I, is kind of weird. Apache Chief wasn't the build a figure. I know. I always liked him on the Super Friends. I did too. Now I'm like, God damn, i got to buy like all these if I want to get a Patchy <laughs> Chief. I, that might be one I actually break down and, and the, buy the whole... Well, there's going to be a character you're really not going to like, which is, I think his name is El Dorado. I have no idea who the hell he, he is. the guy in the back? The guy in the back, yeah. yeah. I have no idea who he is. I don't want him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want the Tiger guy. I don't want him. Yeah. I don't want the new Captain Boomerang. I don't mind the Captain Boomerang because I like the, the Flash. The Toy Man, I guess, is okay because it's LOD. Yeah. Samurai is okay. Black Vulcan's fine. Yeah, he's fine because he's a super, super friend. Yeah. So yeah. basically, three. But Apache Chief, if they were sold all together, yeah. just as a regular figure, I, Apache Chief, I would buy. Yeah, I would like... I like four out of the six. Now, I like Bronze Tiger, but I have no need for him. It's like the shark. What are you going to do with him? Yeah. I'm, there? Well, the thing is, he does come with two heads. He comes with his head with that has the actual tiger. It's like a tiger mask. Yeah. And then he comes with his human head, oh, which, good, which he's uh, African-American with like these stripes painted on his face. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, I, he's part of the... Um, he was part of the Suicide Squad. You may have heard of them before. I have. Um, so... I would kind of like him, but I don't really have a need for him, and I'm not going to start collecting Suicide Squad members. Yeah. So, you, but, st- you still need to get you know your other things, you know, your yeah, to pray, right? So, so there's priorities, people, right? There's priorities. priorities. Uh, now, I at, not not to throw you off topic here, yeah. but that Birds of Prey box set that you were looking at, yeah, they were like forty two or forty five dollars, but the whole Barbara Gordon figure was out, yeah. And that's that's the I, one I want. That's the yeah. one I want. So, so it came with basically the Huntress and Black Canary. Yep. And uh, uh, wait a minute, I'm getting a message from uh, OU812. Uh, we have an incoming call coming in. Um, OU812, can you patch that through for us? We actually have Quinn Johnson. Uh, he is the writer of Elders of the Runestone, which is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. And he, the reason why we're having him on with us is because he has a special connection to some of our earlier uh, episodes <laughs> where we did a turtle spotlight. Uh, Quinn actually has a unique fondness for the turtles, as well as he actually had some involvement with the turtles at one point, and we'll get into that as we're talking with him, but uh, Quinn, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much for having me on here. Uh, for those of our listeners that aren't familiar with us, uh, why don't you give us you know, some type of brief background, maybe what you do, maybe kind of like the background that you do for uh, your podcast show. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, so basically, uh, I'm a professional comic book writer, so uh, I write I write scripts mostly. Uh, so I've I mean I've been working on all sorts of projects. Um, this a lot, I mean I'm sure we'll get into this a little bit later. But my first big break was I wrote an issue of the uh, 
Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, series that uh, is now discontinued, sadly. But uh, so I wrote an issue of that. Um, since then, I've worked on comics for uh, the Megamind uh, movie tie-in, as well as uh, Kung Fu Panda 2 is coming out, and I wrote a story for that comic book. Uh, I wrote an issue of Richie Rich. Uh, Ape Entertainment is, is uh, doing that series, reviving that series. So uh, issue number three is, is one that I've been working on. And then, um, yeah, and then I'm, my big project right now is, I've, if I was, is I'm working on uh, my creator-owned series with Robert Atkins. Uh, it's Elders of the Runestone. And that's uh, coming out this year also from Ape Entertainment. So and then I just pick up the odd job here and there and, and uh, keep myself busy. It's pretty cool. Very nice. Uh, I'm very jealous because, uh, as I'm sure maybe some of our listeners are, because that's probably like the dream job that we all hope to have one day. Is <laughs> yeah, sit get, around and create comic books. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty and, good. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> and, uh, any, and just to let you know also, anytime you have an opportunity to, uh, to mention – your involvement with Robert Atkins, feel free to be truthfully and br- brutally honest <laughs> about him because he's not on this episode. So that's right. That's right. It's his own fault. You know, he's going right. to get what's coming to him. So I've been waiting for this opportunity for a long time, really. So okay. we okay. know, we know you have dark secrets about him. It's so. true. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So what, I guess going back to the beginning, what got you involved in comics or what made you decide, you know, this is what I want to do? Uh, well, you know, uh, actually my entire life, I always knew what I wanted to do. It was, it was always kind of interesting to me chatting with friends growing up and I'm like, so what do you want to do when you grow up? They're like, well, I don't know. I'm kind of taking generals in college right now or whatever. And I'm like, man, I've always known that I, that I wanted to do comics. Um, I've always been, I've always been drawing. I've always been writing. Um, I mean, even in like grade school, I was coming up, coming up with these huge stories. I, I had a sketch, I had several sketchbooks and I would just sit there. Uh, and draw and draw and draw and come up with all these characters and ideas and I'd write out like full stories um, for you know all sorts of ideas I was having ideas for for comics for movies for video games um, some of which I actually am still developing now um, so I've kind of always known what I wanted to do I actually uh, it wasn't until I got to uh, college I, I went to the Savannah College of Art and Design which is actually where I met Robert Atkins, and we became super good friends and uh, decided to collaborate while we were there. Um, but it was there that I was in uh, the sequential art program, which basically is uh, it's all about comic book storytelling, um, you know, everything from the, the art, the coloring, uh, the inking, um, to you know, just basic storytelling techniques, to scripting, all that stuff. And uh, so Robert and I were actually in that major together, and it was while we were there, I was like, you know... As much as I enjoyed drawing, and I think I'm pretty good, I, I just had to face the fact that I wasn't my work uh, was not professional quality comics art. And I actually realized at the same time, I was like, you know, it, it's it just seems too too cumbersome to get what is in my brain uh, onto the page as far as the artwork goes. And I found that my real passion was to focus on on the writing, to just uh, describe everything that I want. And it was cool because you know I, I I've got the artist background. I've been trained as an artist as well, so I so I know what I'm talking about when I work with these various artists, Robert included. Um, and I just do all that, and I found that's where I really can go crazy. That's where my passion really can can just go nuts. And uh, and it's also just a, an awesome opportunity to to work with other artists who are so good and to see them interpret my scripts and uh, and you know see these amazing images on the page. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's my stuff, and it looks amazing and stuff that I could never do on my own. So. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of my thing. Definitely, that's got to be awesome to see your thoughts come to fruition and come to page 
Yeah, that's oh, got to be a great feeling. It is. It, it's you know, there's there's nothing better. You know, it, the money is always nice when when it's there, but but I mean nothing can beat you know seeing like you said you know you see this thing that you've been working on it's been in your head and see it you know as like a full professional looking comic book and it's just and you can share it with people all around the nation hopefully and it's that's a cool thing yeah i i always told uh my wife you know writing was something i always wanted to do when when ever since i was younger and uh i kind of did the same thing that you're talking about where i created these elaborate stories like i actually when i was playing with my toys i've told chuck this many times I would actually have, okay, I have G.I. Joe characters. They would create the Transformers to build and battle. And then my He-Man figures would be these aliens that came down. And I'd build bases with Legos. And, you know, it was just like no toy was just by itself. It was all part of an elaborate story that was yeah. Um And when you were talking about writing video games, I actually remember that I wrote, uh, I wrote, wrote out a storyline for a video game. And drew out what the levels should look like and how they should lay out, and I actually sent that into Nintendo when I was a kid. Oh yeah, <laughs> and actually got it was a full notebook filled with stuff, and I actually got it sent back to me saying, uh, "Great idea, sorry at this time we're look, you know, yeah. we're not accepting outside sources." I and told you to go suck it, kid. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you know, I was, I think I was 10, 11 years old, and it was just really cool to get something back from Nintendo uh, to know that they actually looked at it. So. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. But, but yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. And, I, and I've always told my wife, I'm like, you were just talking about there, it was cool to see things come to fruition. I always told her, I was like, like you said, the money would be nice if it comes, but nothing would be cooler to me, I told her, than to walk into like a bookstore and see my name on the spine of a book or something. Yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> so, um, so what was uh, kind of a question we asked Robert when we had him on here, what was your first job actual first publication in comics and what was the first and then tied into that because from listening to your show i know there's a difference what was the first job you had where you got paid to do it <laughs> well actually in my case they were, they were the same thing fortunately so um i actually uh so so a few years ago i mean like i said i've been writing i've been working on runestone elders of the runestone i've been working on that story for ever since ninth grade i got the first idea i remember clearly i was sitting in class and this image popped into my head of, of i didn't have the names for him yet but of gar you know the big huge he's one of the main characters one of the main heroes and he's you know, right. huge 12 foot muscular ogre type guy and and i had a picture of him in my brain of him having like the the idea was that he had smashed a, a hole in the wall of the high school and was looking through it was crouching and looking through it and then he had this pretty girl hanging on his neck and she was looking through with him. And so it's like they had this like bond and uh, that eventually became cat, the girl cat who's also in the comic. And, mm -hmm. and so I was like, well, this is pretty cool. I got to figure out who these guys are. So like I said, um, you know, I've been working on that for, for my entire life, but as far as, um, and I've been writing stories and writing scripts and everything my whole life that were pretty much for me, but ideas that I plan on doing professionally later, if right. the stars aligned, um, back in 2000 and let's see, 2006. Yeah, I believe it was, February 2006, um, I just decided, I was like, you know what? One of my life dreams is to meet uh, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the guys that co-created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've right. always been a tremendous Turtles fan, and I always had this this wild dream that I'd be able to write for their comic book. Um, and I was like, and then I saw online that they were actually going to be uh, at the New York Comic Con, and I believe that was actually the first time that they had a New York Comic Con. And I was like, you know what? This is a goal of mine. I'm just going to go for it, you know. And, and then I was like, you know, if I'm going to go chat with these guys, 
I might as well write a script for him. You know, this has always been my dream. And so I was like, so I just came up with a story, uh, wrote the script and was like, the worst they can say is, you know, we're not interested and showed up and chatted with them for quite a bit. Actually, by this time, um, and this is something you brought up in your, your turtles episode a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time, uh, Kevin Eastman had actually sold all of his shares of, of, of the intellectual property of the Ninja Turtles to Peter Laird. So at that point he was doing his own thing, working on he- the heavy metal magazine and Peter Laird was the you know, owner of all the intellectual rights. Um, and so anyway, so I chatted with Peter Laird for quite a bit, really, really nice guy, super nice guy. I actually like, you'd never know that he was like a millionaire or billionaire <laughs> or whatever he is if, right. you, if you didn't know who he was, cause he was just so down to earth, such a nice guy. I chatted with him and, and, uh, and he was like, and I said, well, you know, um, I've actually got this, this idea for your comic book. And I was wondering if, if, you know, I should chat to you about that or what? And he's like, well, actually the person you want to talk to is, uh, Steve Murphy, who at the time was the, uh, the editor on the tales. So at the time they had the, the main, you know, storyline Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, which was written by Peter Laird and drawn by, uh, Jim Lawson. Okay. It was awesome. Right. And then, but they also had at the same time going, uh, Tales of the TMNT, which was basically like an anthology series where, you know, tons of different artists and writers would work on it. And at that time, Stephen, uh, Steve Murphy was, was the editor of that. So he's like, okay, go over there and talk to Steve down the table there and then he'll, you know, talk with you. And so I went and talked to him and another, like again, Steve is a super nice guy, super, super down to earth, very, very approachable, very nice guy. And, and actually I, I found out after the fact, I knew that he had written several of the turtle stories, which I really enjoyed, but I, uh, but I actually found out after the fact that he had written one of my, uh, all time favorite turtle stories, um, which was sons, oh. sons of the silent age, um, which is one where the turtles come across, uh, the last few, uh, members of this, this race of fish, fish people basically who are dying from, from nuclear poisoning and just kind of really, oh, wow. really sobering story, which was one of my favorites. So I found out after the fact and I was like, Oh, cool. So anyway, uh, I chatted with him and, and, you know, and talked to him how much I liked his work and everything like that. And I said, so how do you go about getting, um, you know, how do you go about getting stories for the Tales of the TMNT series? And he's like, well, actually what we're doing right now, I just, you know, chat with people who have ideas and then we kind of look at them and go from there. And I said, well, I have this. And I pulled out this huge, like, (laughs) pulled out the full script that I had in a, in a glossy folder, like Calvin and Hobbes, where he's like, He's like, I think I'll get an A if I throw this crappy report into a glossy folder, you know. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, uh, so I put this in a glossy folder, and and uh, and I actually had it all on CD and everything. And I said, well, I have the script right here. And he's like, oh, wow, okay, well, uh, I'll take it and uh, I'll look at it when I have a chance. And and that was it. So, uh, so anyway, so uh, a few weeks later, I got an email from him, and he said, hey, we really like it, and we're going to do it, and and that's how it all kind of. Started off, so yeah, that's that was very awesome. And I actually now, got paid for it, which was great. So now I looked it, I looked it up because I didn't know which one you did. I knew that you you wrote an issue, but I didn't know which one it was. And I saw it was uh, number thirty one, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now the thing I'm curious about is, did you go out and buy every copy of it? Because <laughs> I tried to get my hands on one, and because I wanted to read it before we talked to you, and I was like, well, it'd be good if I read the issue. <laughs> And I went on eBay and I went on stores. I could I could find almost every issue except issue number thirty one. I found a picture of what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it, you own all of them. <laughs> it, yeah, it actually took uh, it took a little while, but uh, but it sold out. It was one of the ones that sold out, and I thought that was that was pretty cool. And and yeah. uh, uh, you know the the fact that the cover looks amazing is you know really helps. That they uh, the whole story was about Casey Jones. I saw Casey favorite. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that the fact that the cover looked awesome was was a big help. But uh, 
but yeah, it all sold out. So I can't even like, I mean, I've had like my brother and family members are like, Hey, how can I? And I'm like, I actually have no idea. I've looked online. I can't find it either. So that's kind of a good problem to have. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah I guess so. Evidently it was a good one. Cause yeah, I, I think for like, uh, every three days I'd go back on eBay and be like, okay, somebody has to be selling. This shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, yeah, uh, yeah, no luck. Like I said, I did see that it had Casey Jones on the cover, and uh, I so I assumed he was in the story. And yep, it's like, well, at least I know that much, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the the I don't know if you want me to talk about it real quick. Sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. But basically, um, you know, Casey Jones has always been one of my favorite characters. The, the for people that don't know, he's he's there the a friend of the turtles who's human, and he's a vigilante. He you know he puts on a hockey mask and has a bag full of sports equipment like baseball bats and hockey sticks and goes out and basically kicks the crap out of people kicks, you know just wails on bad guys and and uh kind of cleans up the streets and and uh when he when the when when Pete Eastman and Laird first created the character um they have this one shot Raphael issue where where he meets Casey Jones and that's where they introduced him and so the two of them just wail on each other just getting this huge rumble and and then and Casey Jones at that point was like totally psychotic he was just this crazy guy that had watched you know he just stayed stayed in his apartment all day and and watched uh bad cop shows on tv while he worked out all the time and then kind of warped his sense of justice and reality and then at night he'd put on all his gear and go out and just you know wail on bad guys and uh and throughout the the story throughout the the series of the ninja turtles as, as Laird, eastman and laird worked on it he kind of evolved he was still kind of this crazy guy who wasn't you know he, he kind of wasn't all there he's kind of a thick-headed you know, guy, but, uh, but it was really actually turned out to be a really cool guy and, and really not, you know, um, not nice, but he's, but he's just a really good guy with it, with a good sense of honor. And, and they kind of helped him calm down and, and get a better sense of, of scale and right and wrong and that kind of a thing. And, and, uh, and actually as the, as the series went on, um, he, he, uh, in April kind of had this kind of off and on thing and they eventually got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, um, he actually, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but he got, uh, he, he actually had been for a short time when he and April were kind of staying away from each other because they didn't think it could ever work. He, he got married to this other woman named Gabrielle and, and then she, uh, she was already pregnant when they met. And then when she had this baby, uh, she passed away. So he was married and, and lost his wife all in a matter of months. And then this, this, uh, uh, child is named Sha- he named her Shadow, and so he basically became the adopted father of, of Shadow. And so by the time my story came along, uh, it was like 15 years later, and, and Shadow was an established character in the in the series. And by this point, she was a teenager, and so so that was a big big part of my story was was you know April and Casey are married, they have this daughter Shadow, and then um, and then uh, Casey ends up getting um, they had had an, I'm sorry I'm totally going off on this, but they had they had. Uh, introduced this idea that he has this dark side that would come after him in his nightmares and threaten his family and and uh they only showed it a couple times and never really explored it to the end i actually asked peter laird about it i'm like so what was up with that because this is where my you know i had written the script right as like a sequel to this whole thing and i was like so whatever you know what what you guys ever want to do with that idea that you had of, of casey having nightmares about his darker side and he's like oh you know i completely forgot we even did that so i was like well <laughs> i didn't <laughs> So I, uh, so mine was like a sequel where through a strange series of events, this, this dark Casey, um, actually becomes real. He becomes, comes into the physical world. And, and so Casey and, and this dark, huge, monstrous version of himself get into this huge fight that has, you know, not only physical ramifications, but also, you know, there's obviously a lot of symbol, symbolism going on where he has to fight the dark side of himself that threatens his family and, 
that kind of a thing. And so the turtles actually, the turtles are in one panel at the very, very end and they don't even have any dialogue. So, <laughs> so it was kind of interesting, um, for a turtles issue, but it was a, it was a ton of fun to work on. So, well, yeah. Well, with us, with us covering Star Wars, we know all about the, the dark side. So, oh, yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your, I guess, what was your first introduction to turtles and what made you such a fanatic about them? You know, it's interesting. Um, my first, my first, memory that I have of the turtles was me sitting at home with my brothers and sisters just watching TV and then this commercial came on for this new cartoon series and it was like this really long name and I couldn't remember all of it I'm like what all I got was that there's turtles and they're ninjas but it was you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then actually when I, I remember when I saw the first commercial they had like it was for the old uh you know 80s cartoon series and so they had this like one little part in the commercial where it had the turtles like jumping past the screen and they're zipping down on a zip line and everything. And it, so I was like, wow, are there like an army of these guys? And then later on I found out, oh, there's four and there's, they're all distinct personalities. So that was kind of my first introduction, but I was intrigued. And then when the cartoon came on, it was, uh, the first season was only like five episodes. It was kind of like, let's see if this will work. You know, I think. Yeah. And, uh, man, I just got hooked. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Cause I've always been, been kind of fascinated with the idea of a hero who's misunderstood or doesn't look like a hero. You know, they're not these you know square-jawed Superman-looking guys. They're they're right. you know they're mutants that that aren't even human and and kind of freaks. You know, people would think they're freaks, but but that they're still good guys and they're ninjas, which is awesome. And and yeah, who uh, doesn't like ninjas? So. Exactly, exactly. Really? Who doesn't like ninjas? Um, maybe pirates, but we're not going to get into that, <laughs> that whole rivalry. But uh, yeah, so I just totally got hooked. And then the you know the the video game came out on the Nintendo, which is to this day one of my favorite video games. Thank you, um, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, it's so awesome. Well, man. Here, here's the question, though. No, 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 no. Which, no, I got to clarify. Which, <laughs> which Nintendo Turtles game? The very first one, the side scroller, or the arcade version? Or the arcade version? Uh, you know what? I the one I specifically like the best is the original one, where uh, not the arcade Thank version, you. which was oh. is awesome. And it's still I, I see all the time. There's like there's like people have their blogs where they're like you know the top ten hardest video games of all time and that's always on there and uh, yeah i exactly. can't yeah i can't talk to you anymore i, can't. <laughs> I love that game <laughs> no i, I love it that. i absolutely love it and i've actually it took me like 20 years uh you know i played it my whole life and couldn't get past the third level but uh but i actually have beaten it several times now so it is possible all you listening out there it yeah. is possible I, i've i've beaten it too it's it's actually one yeah. of my greater video game accomplishments yeah yeah, I've yeah. I've beaten it. I and I owned it. I just didn't like it. Oh, <laughs> many many wasted hours of my youth spent on that game. Uh, but you built character, and that's the important thing. Exactly so, right. You, you take away a learning experience. Exactly. So yeah. So I mean, so I was getting into the comics, the cart. You know, the the. Oh, I'm sorry. I was getting into the cartoon. I was getting into like the video game, the toys. Like we had all, all the toys, and and it was awesome. You know, I had I had. Uh, there's lots of us boys in our family, and so we between us we had like all of them at one point, except for April. Uh, I remember one Christmas we had every single action figure they'd released except for April, and then they, then they went crazy with all the other like cowboy turtles and space right. turtles. And then <laughs> yeah. I totally like got lost. But uh, but then um. My older brother Ben had a sleepover with a bunch of buddies, and one of them brought the uh, it's a role playing game that they did that was based on the old like the original original graphic novel or the the comic book series that was black and white, very okay. kind of the grittier, more violent kind of PG thirteen ish version of the turtles. Um, and I had never seen that before, and I it would blew me away. I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever ever seen. And so from that point on. Um, 
since then I've collected all the original comics and and that that if I had to pick like my favorite favorite version of the turtles that that was one of them. Uh, well, that is that is probably it. Oh, we'll talk about some other stuff later, but uh, yeah, it just blew me away, and I thought that that was like the coolest thing in the world. And uh, so that's kind of how I got into the turtles. Um, as far as like why I like the turtles, uh, it was interesting. A couple years ago, I went to the San Diego Comic Con, and uh, luckily that was the year that they the turtles had their 25th anniversary, and so I got to I, I snuck into the uh, the big panel discussion they had. They had uh, Kevin Eastman, and they had the I can't remember everyone's names, but they had the guy that that directed the first live action Turtles movie. They had the guy that wrote um, for the 2003 animated series. Um, was like the main guy behind that. Uh, which which if if I had to pick the that and the original comics, the 2003 animated series and the comics are like my two absolute favorite versions of the Turtles. But uh, yeah, so I got to sit in there, um, and they talked about the history of the Turtles and everything, and it was awesome. And then um, someone asked, they're like, so why why do you think the Turtles have stayed around for so long? Because there's so many you know comics, there's so many properties, cartoons that kind of come and go, and the Turtles have been revived several times. And they're like, what is it that you think keeps them keeps them so interesting to people? And and uh, the director of the movie, I, I know his name, but it slipped my mind. Uh, but he was like, he was like, I think there's three things that divine, define what what the turtles are. He's like, you know, one is the action, two is the humor, which has always been a big part of it. And he said, three is the heart, because it's all about family. It's all about you know these these brothers working together, and that's like a big theme. And and uh, and it's totally true. It's totally true. Oh, yeah. And uh, and I can't I can't talk about it without getting a little emotional. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think that you know that that's why, and and that's what I've loved about the turtles so much. He, he just defined it really, really well. So, who would your favorite turtle be? Oh, Leonardo for sure. Leonardo's always been my favorite. Um, when they first, you know, once I could finally like say their names, because being a kid, I'm like, man, Michelacco, what is this guy's name? <laughs> it's like 18 letters long. And um, but Leonardo's my favorite at first, just because he had swords, and I, the swords were my favorite weapon. But uh. But just as I got to know the characters better, um, just the fact that he was the leader, that he was the the nin, like the the most accomplished um, ninja, the most the guy that studied the hardest and took it all the most seriously, and the one that had the greatest sense of kind of responsibility for himself and for the well-being of his brothers, that always just kind of resonated with me for some reason. So he's always been my favorite. So yeah, yours too. Yeah, that's mine too. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, mine's always been Raphael. Yeah. Raphael's my second favorite. I like him a lot too. He kicks yeah, up. That's, that's my second favorite. So. <laughs> you guys want to get a room? No. <laughs> um. So that must have been pretty cool for you then, like to be such a fan and then actually see something come oh, out that yeah. you I mean, actually added to the, I guess, the canon and everything. Yeah. Else. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, my story is canon. This is so cool. <laughs> yeah. It was just so cool. Uh, and it was cool. It was cool that they also let me. You know, kind of finish off a storyline that they had introduced a long time ago, and and uh, yeah, and it just it was just totally awesome. It was interesting, uh, real quick too. It was really interesting the whole process, the whole creative process of my original script uh, that I had pitched to them, and the way that it turned out at the very end. Um, you guys probably know this, but but uh, there's a lot of editing that goes on. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, and so it was, but it was really cool. You know, uh, I, I actually got um, several emails. You know, Steve and I, Steve Murphy and I worked back and forth. And he, like I said, he's an incredible guy, super nice. We're still friends to this day, and uh, uh, which like blows my mind. He's like one of my heroes, you know, in the in the writing world with the. <laughs> 
Um, but you know, I, we emailed back and forth, and he's like, "Okay, here's some notes. These are some things that we were like, yeah, this might not work. You know, this and this, and you know, what about this? And so, I'll, you know, of course, you say, "Yes, sir. I'll do whatever you say." And right. Um, so we did that, and then he'd he'd filter emails from Peter Laird to me, which was pretty cool. And and uh, and so there were major major changes that took place. There was like one particular plot point where Peter Laird's like, "Yeah, this could open a whole up a whole can of worms that I don't want to have to deal with later." And <laughs> so, uh, so we avoided that, and, and so, and he gave Peter Peter Laird actually gave some major story suggestions. So he should get a story credit on it because some of the ones he was like, well, what if we introduce a character that kind of is like this, and see what happens with that. And um, so, by the time the story came out, it was a, probably about three fourths different than my original one. But the the theme had stayed the same of, of Casey facing his dark side in the real world. That had stayed the same. It was just kind of like the way that it happened that that changed. Um, for people that are interested. Uh, they can actually go to my my personal website, which is Mr. Wonderful Productions. It's just mrwonderfulproductions.com, and uh, go to the other comics tab, and then there's actually uh, you can click on it and read the original version of the script. Okay. Uh, so that's you know, and and uh, actually, I had a couple people write and say, ah, oh, we actually like your original one better. I, I think that the final version was was the best version by far because it really made it a lot stronger, which is you know what the whole editorial process is all about. Yeah. But uh, now, was there was there anything? From the, your original vision that you had to change that you wish didn't have to change from it, or um, not really, not really. I mean, it was just kind of like, like I said, uh, my original way of, of how the dark, you know, dark Casey came into reality uh, was very different than the way that it came out um, than than the final version. But uh, but I, you know, I think that they made some really good points. You know, he said this this could, you know. This this tampering with reality and um, and that kind of a thing that could open up a whole can of worms and and I honestly think that their 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 suggestions and their requests for changes were very valid and 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 I think ultimately made it a much better stronger story so I'm totally happy with the way it came out but it's just kind of cool to read the other version and say oh this is what might have been and right yeah, right interesting so what about have you ever reached out to Nickelodeon now who owns the properties and you know. Pitched a script to them. Yeah, you know, um, I haven't yet, but I need to. I, I actually have a friend who who has been, uh, I, I, and I don't know the extent. We just chatted about it once, but he's another professional comics writer, and I don't know if I should say his name just so I don't get him in trouble. <laughs> but he, uh, <laughs> but he he said that he is kind of in the know on some of the stuff going on there, and said that he'd put my name in. So I was like, oh, that's that'd be great. So uh, that's awesome. So yeah, but I I need to yeah. I thank you. For yeah, that. because with uh, Nickelodeon owning them, we figured there would be the new uh, another movie. Obviously, more toys, comics, things oh, yeah. that go along with that as well. So, yeah, they actually um, they are still planning on, as far as I'm aware, they're still planning on releasing the new live action Turtles movie in uh, 2012. That's going to be like a reboot, kind of like and the, and the, actually the way that I keep on hearing it described is uh, that they want to do it like a Batman Begins kind of darker, grittier, more realistic take, which I'm totally up for because that's oh yeah, that'd be great. Be great. How yeah. the comics were, but but still, uh, and actually, this is one of the things they talked about in the 25th anniversary panel discussion at Comic Con was people said, you know, what kind of a rating are you shooting for for this? Because a lot of people were worried. Okay, now that Nickelodeon has it, are they going to make it all super dumbed down for kids? And it looks like, right. and again, and that could have all because this with the, during the panel the panel discussion, the the acquisition by Nickelodeon hadn't happened yet. So, um, but they said. They said the the two guys that at, um, were uh, producing it were like, like well you know Harry Potter six just came out and that was PG but it was pretty darn dark for a PG yeah yeah they said we're definitely going to push the envelope we're gonna we're shooting for a PG a PG rating but we're gonna definitely push the envelope as much as we possibly can and everyone cheered you know and so yeah. it may um, be the violence you might be able to get away with but I think the swearing might push it to like a yeah, PG thirteen exactly. so and I got to watch that so. 
Yeah, and that's kind of and that's actually my mindset anyway. Like I I I'm a religious person. Um, I'm a I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, like Robert is, and so I I personally have some certain standards that I set for myself. I I, I definitely push the envelope as much as I can as far as action goes in my scripts and my stories. Um, but I I totally don't do profanity whatsoever, and that's just and I don't swear I don't I don't swear it in my own personal life either. That's just a personal thing. But uh, right. So I'm totally up for it. I'm like, man, you know. I'm totally up for for whatever they're doing. I think it's going to be great. And actually, you may I don't know if you two have seen this, but they they finally re- online just released uh, a little teaser, and it's seriously like <laughs> five seconds long. I was like, wow, that's pretty much as much of a teaser as you can possibly have. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, I did I did actually see that. It was pretty nice. Yeah, for the new animated series, it's going to be CG, and and uh, and I thought it was interesting that they put blades on Michelangelo's nunchucks and uh, and on Donatello's staff. Now they both have blades on them now, and I was like, woo, wow. That's a pretty big, you know, as small of a change as it is, that's a pretty major change for something that's oh, sure. 25 years. So I was like, that looks like they're going in the, the darker direction, which I'm totally cool with. So I've, Yeah. Yeah, one of our forum posters actually posted that link for that clip on uh, our forum page. Oh. So you can definitely go there and check it out under the uh, random tidbits section. Yeah. Yeah, they. Uh, it's, it's interesting, too. Like you are saying, they put uh, putting blades on there because it's like, evidently they didn't, I know they're going for a darker look, but it's like, Evidently, they didn't feel that nunchucks and a bow staff are deadly enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is always kind of like a running joke, it seemed, in the Turtles universe, was they're like, you know, they're like fighting robots or something that can, you know, have to be slashed to be defeated. And, right. and Donatello and Michelangelo are like, so we need the guys with the blades over here because our weapons aren't doing what we need, aren't, aren't doing the job. So I was like, hey, problem solved. Pretty cool. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, though, too, because I don't know if you've ever seen the show. I think it's on uh, Spike TV. It's called Deadliest Warrior. Oh, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, they take basically two soldiers of different time periods and different places that would have never met up, but they basically try out their weapons, and they get all the statistical data, and they determine between the two, if these two were to face each other in actual mm-hmm. battle, who would win? Who would win? And you learn real fast that a bow and a nunchucks are are actually pretty deadly. <laughs> oh yeah, oh totally. You know, breaking bones and stuff. You could take a guy out, but yeah, right. That's pretty. That's gotta be pretty cool. So then, once once you were done with that issue, uh-huh. um, what was like? What came next, or was it some time before something else? You got involved in something else. Um, they. The nice thing is that once you have gotten something published, especially something as big of a name as Ninja Turtles, you know. I still, I still consider myself, you know, somewhat of a, a small fry when it comes to the comics writing world. But, uh, but you know, that's something. That's something you can sure. show off and say, hey, I've done this professional work, and and I'm so I've always been grateful to them for Mirage for uh, for giving me a chance, let me get my foot in the door. But uh, yeah. Um. So after that, you know, I just kind of, I, I, I honestly kind of got busy with a couple other full time jobs that I had, and I worked on my Runestone stuff on my personal time, but I wasn't pursuing the professional. Uh, side as much as I should have I should have been because you know nothing happens if you are not doing your part to to do the work right. and put yourself out there so um, fortunately uh, I I actually got asked to be a guest at Free Comic Day um, despite my fr- my small fry status and uh, here in Utah and met uh, Bill Galvin who okay. is an artist for uh, Archie right uh, phenomenal guy super he's like one of the coolest guys I've ever met we're really good friends just a great great guy and it's always a pleasure to see him. At events and whatnot, um, and so he actually said, "Hey, I'm working on this uh, this nonprofit organization called the Diversity Foundation, and uh, they do a comic book that he co-created and draws 
um, that's called the Scrapyard Detectives. Uh, basically, what it is is there there are these stories about these kids that are like they're like you know ninth grade or tenth grade, uh, and they they basically have Nancy Drew slash Hardy Boys type detective adventures and uh, and and always with the the kind of theme of of tolerance and um, learning how to deal with people of different backgrounds and that kind of a thing and and uh, and so um, so he asked me if I would write uh, an issue for, or uh, write a story for him and so I've actually written uh, two or three for them about three for the Scrapyard Detectives and uh, that has been a blast so that was kind of my next professional thing and then since then I uh, Robert and I couple of years ago we're at comic-con and we pitched we put together a really slick uh preview book for elders of the runestone and said okay we've got enough material drawn now and enough of it developed that we we can show this off to different publishers and see if we can get picked up and, and luckily we we did a couple of years ago we, we we actually got rejected by a few different people and um just mm-hmm. o- over the years which is pretty typical you know for anyone who's trying sure. yeah and uh, and then we pitched it to Ape Ape Entertainment, who actually we had pitched it to them before when we had another preview book that wasn't nearly as polished as the newer one, and they had turned us down before. But this time they're like, yeah, this looks really really good, and um, so they picked us up uh, to be our publisher. <laughs> so two and a half years later, we're finally getting <laughs> ready to get the book out. Uh, right. But but because of that contact with them, um, I I just started emailing them and saying hey you know just while we're working on this do you have any other writing needs right now and and luckily they took me up on it and and uh, that's actually where i've gotten uh, the bulk of my writing work over the last year or so is you know the i've been working on the like the kung fu panda story the richie rich all that has been from apes so, right. so that's kind of how it all got going and since then i've you know every 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 title i get to work on is another notch in my belt that i can show off and and show off to other clients and that kind of nice. thing so yeah, well, and, and you're talking about you know properties and everything else with the turtles, and then now you're going to be working on a couple other properties, which I'm sure, like you said, is another notch in your belt that you can say, hey, look, I've worked on some of these bigger name things. Exactly. Um, Put that on now, your resume, yeah. Right, exactly. Now, with uh, Kung Fu Panda and Richie Rich, now, I grew up with Richie Rich as a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty familiar, and I know they're making, they've made some changes, which look fine to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how much research did you have to do, or were you pretty familiar with those two properties? <laughs> uh, the uh, it was actually kind of cool working on the um, Kung Fu Panda and Megamind. Uh, mm-hmm. They they actually sent me the movie script, so I've, I've re- I read the movie script for both of them several months before they came out. Obviously, Kung Fu Panda Two hasn't come out yet, right? So that, so that was cool. So that's how I kind of got familiar. I, and I you know and I knew Kung Fu Panda. I'd seen the first one and absolutely loved it. So so I kind of knew that uh, Richie Rich. I, I honestly, I, I, you know, I knew who Richie Rich was. I'd grown up. I remember vaguely watching a cartoon, and I was really young. I'd seen the movie with Macaulay Culkin, and uh, yeah. And uh, but that was about the extent of my Richie Rich knowledge. And so, luckily, they had put together uh, some some information. They're like, okay, this is what we're doing with the characters. This is who the characters are. This is kind of what the take we're doing on them, and and uh, sent that to me, and then just let me go from there. So I. I, I was kind of like one of the guys who's like, yeah, so working on this Richie Rich thing, and I am not – I didn't grow up as a huge fan, and I hope you all don't hate me for that, you know. No, no, no. Uh, yeah, but no, no it's – it's it was – the script that I've done is, like I said, is issue number three. It's going to be coming out um, soon, and, and oh my gosh, absolutely a blast to work on. Um, you, you probably already know this, but but Ape, uh, the, the take they're doing on Richie Rich, they're basically reviving it and saying, okay, number one, let's put this in modern times. 
Um, yeah. Number two, let's uh, Brent Irwin <laughs> is one of the main guys at Ape, and he was kind of one of the guys in charge of the whole Richie Rich thing. And and he said, you know, we looked at it, and we're like, you know, with the state of the economy right now, rich people are not very popular right now. So <laughs> what can we do to make this really cool? And so so the kind of the take they've done with Richie Rich is that he is a uh, yeah he's a kid, and yeah he's like a ridiculously rich person. But he doesn't care about the money. He he uses his vast wealth to travel the world, um, having Indiana Jones esque you know secret agent adventures, um, helping people, helping people with his wealth. And they have all these super high tech gadgets and vehicles and everything that they use and um, to kind of you know fight the bad guys as they're trying to collect relics um, yeah. that that will help people and the bad guys are trying to steal them and that kind of and a that's thing. The, that's the thing that kind of appealed to me with it because I. And in my mind, and granted, like, I haven't seen a Richie Rich cartoon since I was real little, but I used to watch it every Saturday morning. Yeah. And uh, I remember, well, I'm I'm blonde-haired. So this, <laughs> this was a blonde-haired kid that had a lot of money, which is what I was always hoping would happen. Yeah. Uh-huh. He had a dog, which yeah. I love dogs, and he always went on these crazy adventures. And so in my mind, even hearing that the book was coming out, I was like, I already had in my mind that I don't know if this is the case or not because again, I don't remember. But in my mind, I had the thought that he already, in the cartoon at least, that he did go on Indiana Jones style adventures, and I heard it being plugged that way, and I was like, well, that's kind of what how I remember it as a kid, mm-hmm. and that might be totally wrong, but um, but I like Indiana Jones also, so that there you go. <laughs> so, but yeah, can't go wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then so. we got both of those books, Kung Fu Panda and Richie Rich, are actually. Uh, getting their little uh, plug here for a free comic book day. So that's awesome yeah. too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. So yeah. And then you got the, now you have the elders of the runestone. When, when I knew that, uh, when Robert reached out to us and he says, you know, you know, if you guys want me on the show or something like that, that'd be great. and happy to come on. Um, I was like, Holy crap. I better learn a lot about this guy. <laughs> Always a so, good choice. <laughs> right. So I was like, well, I'll start listening to his podcast. And so I, that's how I found you guys. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and you're, you'll probably feel the same way I do when I hear people went back to our first podcast. But I have gone back to your first one <laughs> uh, so I could get caught up. And I actually learned um, and we can you can explain this in a moment, but <laughs> learn what the pantyhose ninja meant because in the more recent episodes, I had no idea why the hell you were called pantyhose ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you can explain that in a minute. But sure. uh, so I, I started listening to that, started listening to your show. And that's how, that's actually how I learned about your elders of the runestone. So then I'm looking it up online and I'm going, okay, this looks cool. Yeah, it sounds really good. Yeah, when's this coming out? And then, of course, Robert's been tied up you know, with a lot of his other uh, oh, yeah. books that he's been doing. So I'm like... Yeah, him and his obligations. Yeah. You know, he's leaving leaving you waiting for the book to come out, you know, <laughs> as Robert would do. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, so I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit, so I was very glad to hear that, you know, it should be coming out later this year, so... Yep, yep. So that's very exciting. So yeah, if you can, explain to people what the pantyhose ninja thing is and yeah. my favorite song is the theme from the karate kid <laughs> <laughs> like a knight in shining armor yeah can't go wrong you get goosebumps every time so yeah so the pantyhose ninjas basically um so we're, robert and i were chatting a couple years ago and he's like i have this great idea to promote elders of the runestones when it actually comes out uh in a few years <laughs> uh right. 
you know, we'll have, we'll, you know, we want more people to know about it. So let's do a podcast. And I was like, great podcast. I've never actually listened to any, but that sounds like a great idea. So, um, so I've listened to some now, uh, by now, but, uh, and so, um, my brother Troy is the third, for those of you who listen to our show, it's the, and maybe I should just say the name is the dark on city podcast or the full name is the dark on city. Awesome comics culture podcast. Um, Dark on I'm City. Glad you, I'm glad you said it because I was trying to remember what the full name. Was. Yeah, yeah, we all, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we actually had just a lot of time now. We just say, okay, it's the Dark on City podcast, just so we don't totally we call it. lose people. <laughs> um, and Dark on City is actually the, the name of the city that Elders of the Runestone takes place in. So that's kind of where right. I got the idea. Um, and so uh, my brother Troy is the third host on the show with Robert and myself. And he, uh, in addition, is also the producer of the show. So he's the guy that puts all the files together, does the editing, adds the music, takes out all the embarrassing parts, all that kind of, well, most of the embarrassing parts. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so we were doing like a test run. We got like our little headphone mics and everything. And, and he's like, you know, uh, there's a slight problem. Um, I can hear you breathing on the other side. And, uh, which is an unfortunate thing and so so we're like okay what are we going to do and so troy was like i have a brilliant idea we're going to wear pantyhose around our faces as uh kind of like a windscreen <laughs> <laughs> and so uh and i was like that is a brilliant idea so you can imagine the awkwardness of me being in the pantyhose aisle at the store looking at the different varieties and not knowing which one would work better uh sheer this, this or nude or shit. does this breathe well <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I was asking different ladies in the aisle what their opinions were, and no, I'm just kidding. That would be awkward, but uh, more awkward. I'm wear this. What's your opinion? Uh, I have to <laughs> yeah. But let me explain. I'm going to wear it on my head. So then they thought you were you were going to be a robber, exactly, or something. Yeah, exactly. So so bottom line is, um, so Troy and I, Robert refuses to do so, but Troy and I actually do wear pantyhose around our faces when we record. I'm actually wearing them right now. Uh, nice. Not ashamed, <laughs> and. Uh, and they were like, they look like ninja masks. This is ridiculous. If anyone walks in and sees us, we look absolutely ridiculous. So <laughs> let's just make the most of it and make it part of the show. So we're the pantyhose ninjas. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's how it all kind of started. Very nice. Well, I, I did listen to the latest episode. I, I think I commented on the forums already. Uh, we did the Capcom uh, versus Marvel. Uh-huh. Yep. And the more I hear about that game, the more I think I need to get it. Yeah. <laughs> It's super, super cool. Uh, yeah, we just had a blast with it. So, yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, to get back to the Turtles now, because that was the main reason to even have you on here, because uh, we, you know, you were begging. and That's true. You were begging. <laughs> shamelessly, shamelessly begging to be on your no, show. We, so uh, many, so I, many emails. Yeah, I was, no, I was ecstatic when you reached out and said, hey, you know, would it would it be cool to come on and talk about the turtles. I'm like, yeah, cause I'm certainly not an expert. Um, as far as, you know, I watched the cartoon. I've seen some of the movies, read some of the comics, read some of the comics. Um, I will say one of the comic, one of my earliest comics was when I went down to Disney world, uh, as a little kid with my family in, and I don't know why it was even there, but in one of the stores, when you would come out from a ride or something like that, Mm-hmm. They actually had the uh, the collected edition. It was like book two or something like that. With oh yeah, the Triceratops aliens or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I still have that to this day. It's it was one of my favorite things to read, and I just remember reading it over and over and over again. Yep. Um, it was very different, like you said, than what I was seeing in the cartoon and everything. So yeah, yeah. You're like, wow, they're actually killing people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. Now. When it comes to the movies, 
mm-hmm. that came out. Um, I'm very interested to hear your your take on some of the movies. So I'll mention some of the mo- the Turtles movies, and you can tell me your thoughts on them. Sure. Um, so I think first we had the live action, the very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. So what did you think of that one? That one is is a classic. I uh, you know I still I still pull it out and watch it. Um, it I love it. I think it's absolutely great. Uh, and uh, it actually kept you know very it kind of puzzled people who who had only seen the cartoon um, who had, who came and watched this movie because uh, it was based the story and the feel were based very closely on the original comic which a lot threw a lot of people for a loop they're like where's Crane where's Bebop and Rocksteady <laughs> um, but I love it I think it's great there's a ton of action I remember it actually being heavily controversial in my grade school because it, it was so violent you know t- for a lot of parents they're like whoa man this is pretty violent for a kids movie but right. but I uh, absolutely loved it um, loved I loved. Elias uh, Cotinius as Casey Jones, I thought he was like the best part of the whole movie by far. He's just he just wholly just like embodied the role, and you could tell he was having a blast with it. Um, yeah, I love the first movie. I think it's great, and I still get I still think they they did such a good job with the characters and how they interacted. I mean, only were there like a ton of really funny one-liners, but but like some of the more emotional parts. Yeah. You know, it's pretty heavy for a kids movie. And uh, oh yeah, well I remember like seeing uh, Splinter shackled up. Yeah. And being like really emotional because I loved Splinter and I was like, whoa, he's like. And then they, like you said, they got real emotional at the end where he's, he, they're hugging each other and yeah. uh, when they rescue him and everything. The only problem I personally had with that entire movie, and I mentioned it on our Turtles episode, and it's the only thing I love the rest of the movie is the scene where Splinter is talking about his past and he's talking about his master <laughs> and you oh, yeah, see yeah. him doing as a rat. He's not a mutant yet. He's just a, he's just supposed to be a regular rat and he's doing the kung fu moves, <laughs> the ninjutsu moves. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. what rat knows ninjutsu? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, you know, I totally agree. It's like it's one of those inherently ridiculous things about the turtles, which you know, and I think honestly, when they made when Eastman Laird created the turtles, they're like, this is just us having some goofy fun. We doubt this will oh, go yeah. anywhere. This is so totally unrealistic, but let's just do it. And then to their surprise, it totally like exploded and became this phenomenon, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, you could totally like say this is totally goofy. Uh, although I will say that in the uh, like I mentioned the uh, Ninja Turtles and other strangeness that was the the role playing game book that tied in with the original black and white comics. Um, uh-huh. They do little character breakdowns of, of all the turtles and uh, and for Splinter they actually made an, an interesting point that I've always thought was kind of cool. They say you know the fact that he was a rat and he was you know memorizing ninjutsu enough that he could be this like incredibly mass you know like a huge ninjutsu master and teaches students um, to be these incredible fighters suggests that he was not a normal rat you know right even okay. before he got mutated he was already there was always already something special about him and and uh he was advanced and, yeah and i thought that was kind of a cool idea that maybe he was a mutant already or maybe because of you know the workings of the universe and his destiny to fight evil or something you know he was already you know far far beyond a regular rat so i don't know if you look at it that way it's actually kind of cool so he he always got the cheese at the end of the maze yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and he cut it in half with a with a karate chop so. Right, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I loved it, and especially just from a, a marketing standpoint, they did a great job with that first one because um, there was like, I remember there was the soundtrack, and oh yeah, it, it, you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Ninja Turtle somewhere. Sure. So it was just a fantastic job, and um, I don't know if you heard uh, in our Turtles episode, I played the 
uh, T-U-R-T-L-E power song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I used to love that song as a kid. Sorry to hear that. And I'm, <laughs> I'm someone, uh, uh, Chuck loves the villains, and I love the heroes of just about anything. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a big hero fan of anything. And I remember in that in that song, there's a uh, part at the end where he uh, he sings saying, uh, evil moves fast, but good moves faster. Mm-hmm. And that line, for some reason, some stupid reason, always stuck with me growing up that, yes, you can be bad, but you're never if you're bad. You're never going to be quick enough or strong enough or powerful enough than the good guys are. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I have to say, I, I still, <laughs> I have that album, and I still listen to it, and I love it, and that that song particularly always gets me pumped. I was like run around the house, do some crunches. <laughs> uh, no, I still get, you know, I still think it's an awesome song, as cheesy yeah. as it is. And uh, and yeah, I totally agree. And I actually love that whole theme. I love that whole theme that you know, as bad as things get, you know, as long as people don't give up hope and and keep trying to do the right thing, you know, that's what makes the heroes better than the villains is that they, yeah. you know, they don't take the easy way out and they do the right thing and. Right. So yeah, I totally agree with that. I, and I, I love that too. I think it's the only thing I did notice as a kid, even as a kid, I think this is wrong. Uh, I heard it in, I've only heard it in the song. I've never actually looked up the lyrics to see if this is actually what he says. Uh-huh. But he does, I think he does screw up one thing in the song because he does say when he's introducing the turtles, he says there's, and there's one other fellow, Raphael, he's the leader of the group. <laughs> Transformed from the norm. By the new yeah, group. and I'm like, he's not the leader. Leonardo's the leader. <laughs> that always bugged the heck out of me too. I'm like, oh, these guys blew it. <laughs> uh, if you like that song, what did you think about the next movie, The Turtles Two, with Vanilla Ice and his contributions? <laughs> you know, I'll be honest with you. The Turtles Two is probably like the black sheep of the turtle series for me. Uh, I, I honestly have not seen it since I probably watched it like when I was like 12. I, I haven't seen it since then. Um, not a fan I, of Go Ninja. Yeah, you know, and I just remember the like it was. I think the that uh, the makers of the movie were like, okay, we got a lot of backlash for the darker, more violent tone of the original one, so let's make it goofy and cartoony, like you know people come to expect from the kids' cartoon show. Right. And and even as a kid, that just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm just like, oh, they just seem so stupid and cheesy now, you know. Um. So I I didn't really care for I mean, the second one had its moments, but I I really didn't care for it. I just thought it kind of went overboard with the the whole hokey idea. Yeah. So I yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I didn't like the fact that they made uh, well, first off, that they even created different characters of Toka and Razor rather than going with with a Bebop or Rocksteady or yeah. something like that, yeah. or something from the comics even. Um, and then, but I will warn you the uh, when I go to do the editing for this episode, uh, I will be introduced opening up our segment of conversation with you. Uh, with the Go Ninja song, <laughs> I'm okay the, with that. <laughs> there was there was a high demand it was and I, requested, <laughs> and I got a lot of backlash from the Turtles episode saying, "Why didn't you put the Go Ninja song in there?" And I'm like, and that's what people remember is the Go Ninja song, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you I'm know, because like, I like the Turtle song, the Turtle Power song better. <laughs> <laughs> I even I questioned him privately on that. I was like, "Why did you play that?" I mean, there's Go Ninja. What were you playing? And my response was, I like that song better, and I'm the one that does the editing, so back up. <laughs> and I, I don't even remember that song. What is that song? Yeah. Um, so now we – okay, so we got your thoughts on the, on the second movie. Mm-hmm. So then the third movie came out. Yeah. 
What do you think about that one? Third one, I actually liked better than the second one. I, the, thir- the first one out of the live action ones, the first one will always be by far the best one. But the, the sure. third one, I think, um, it still kind of had like the whole goofy cheesiness to it, you know, and, uh, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing to me that how, just being a kid, and I assume other kids are like this, you know, kids take these things pretty seriously. And when adults are like, oh, well, kids, you know, let's just dumb it down for the kids. It's like the kids notice and they're like, you know, oh, yeah. we want it to be a little cooler. And, uh, so they still had kind of like a lot of the, the goofy cheesiness and the, the, you know, in the third one. But, um, but I gotta say, like, the fact that they were like in ancient Japan, okay, that's awesome. That's like super cool to put them in feudal Japan. That's rad. Uh, yeah. and then to put them in, in, uh, really cool looking samurai armor. That's like, that's also super cool. So, yeah. so they definitely had some really cool things in the third one. Um, I think it's kind of sad because by that point, the whole turtles craze, the original turtles craze was kind of petering out and, and, yeah. uh, but uh and you could kind of tell that it was kind of wearing a little thin but uh but yeah I, I mean i think it still had some really cool stuff in it um i will i will say i did like the third one better than the second one i still don't like it but i liked it better than the second one <laughs> yeah. um i kept waiting on that one for because you're talking feudal japan and everything else i was waiting for usagi ojimbo to show up somewhere oh uh, yeah Oh yeah, that would have been great. That yeah. may have saved it. <laughs> yeah, and can I, if you just let me go off on Usagi Ojimbo for a sec? Yeah, yeah, go um, ahead. He, uh, yeah, so Stan Sakai is the the writer and artist for for Usagi Ojimbo. For those of you who don't know who Usagi Ojimbo is, he's a samurai rabbit. Um, and uh, and uh, so, and like most people, I had been introduced to his character because he was an action figure with the Turtles line. Right, um, right. It wasn't until years later I found out he was actually his own completely separate comic book, and right. but yeah, that Stan Sakai here. was super good friends with the, with Eastman and Laird, and so they do they crossed over all the time, and which was awesome. Um, but uh, so finally, finally, just like a couple of years ago, I finally met Stan Sakai at Comic Con, and he and his wife are just wife. Uh, his wife's name is Sharon, and they are both absolutely the nicest people you will ever meet. Super, super cool. Um, and so I said, you know, it's, t- it's probably a good time for me to, to start reading Usagi. So I picked up the first collected volumes and, and it's been going on for 25 years now. They started, I think the same year as the Ninja Turtles. And, yeah. uh, oh my gosh, this is the, it is one of the absolute best, um, comics I have ever, ever read. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't read Usagi Ojimbo, you are really, really missing out and it's one you, you need to make a must buy. Well, so it's, it's, them all. it's one that I have not read, but I was telling Chuck after I listened to your uh, guys' episode on Dark on City, yeah, where you had brought it up as uh, like your pick of the week or whatever pick of the episode. Yeah, um, I heard the passion in your voice for it, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and then you described it, and I'm like, okay, someone is that pumped up, and that's usually how I'll base something on if I'm going to be interested in it. Is if I'm listening to somebody and they are that passionate about it, about how awesome something is, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, then it's probably worth at least checking it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll totally get hooked. Uh, I, I actually have been reading through the, in my entire series now, all 25 years worth. I've got all the all the collected volumes now, and I've been reading through the whole thing again. And it's just like I can't stop. I can't stop reading through them all. And I'm almost at the end. And I'm like, oh man. Even though it's 25 years worth of comics, it seems like it got over so fast. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and uh, Chuck just showed me in previews uh, for this month. They have Usagi Yojimbo Volume 25 for uh, pre-order. Oh, wow! Great, that's good to know. Because I, that, yeah, I need to pick it up then. Yeah. Super cool. And then, so going back to the Turtles movies. Sure. Um, so then we also had the CGI 
uh, TMNT. Yeah. And what, what was your thoughts on that one? I loved it. I actually, it was kind of a toss-up between that one and the first one for my favorite Turtles movie, at least the ones that were released in theaters. We'll talk about Turtles Forever in a sec, I'm sure. But uh, um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought that um, it was great. The, the CG, uh, the fact that it was in CG was great in that it allowed them to do things that a guy in a suit just can't do if you're yeah, in a turtle suit. Yeah, yeah. So they just have these. I totally agree with that. Yeah, that, so they just have these phenomenal fight scenes. Um, you know, great action where the camera's all over the place and they're like flipping and jumping from building to building and doing all this acrobatic stuff, which was awesome. Um, I loved that they really got into the the character of, of each turtle. Um, that's one of the things I love about the turtles is is that they also have very distinct personalities and the way that they all operate differently under the same set of circumstances and kind of work off each other. And they did a fantastic job with that with the the CGI one. Um, yeah, and like it was just super cool. The the one gripe I had with it was the, and again, you know, I can't, I'm not mad about it, but it's just like, oh, it would have been nice, is if they could have pushed the envelope a little bit more. But but seeing as yeah. how they're trying to get you know PG rating because that's where a lot of the fan base is, you know, I can't fault them for that. But I, you know, uh, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of the action, a lot more. I mean, they had a ton of action, but I would have liked to have seen even yeah. more. <laughs> well, I I will say the the I think it's the opening scene of it where. It's the jungle, and Leonardo takes down those guys uh, from the town and everything else. That was a pretty dark scene because you barely saw him. He was taking out guys. You didn't know if he was like who they were or what, or if he was taking them out or if he was just beating them up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you don't know. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, I'm on. I'm in for this ride. This is gonna be good. Yeah. Um, I love the near the ending too, where you're following all the action from like running behind the characters. Like there's one section where you're running behind, you're following Splinter yeah. as he's running through the hedges and everything else. Yeah. Taking out guys. Like I thought it was just really well done. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. So I thought it was great. And I thought, I thought it was great that they introduced for people that, you know, hadn't watched the, the 2003 show or the, uh, or read the original comics, you know, I thought it was cool they put Karai in there, who I think is an awesome character, the Shredder's right-hand woman, you know, and, uh... Yeah. So they did a lot of really, really cool things. Um, uh, yeah. So I, you know, and I thought, oh, the, the be- definitely the best part of the entire movie is the fight that Raphael and Leonardo have with each other. Where they oh, yeah. With each other, that, yeah. You know, and, and I, that was definitely, like, the highlight for me. I just wish there could have been more, more of it, Well, you know? and going back to the... the first live action movie that scene i felt like there was so much emotion like you were mentioning for the first live action movie yeah that scene of brother versus brother and they're just you could feel the tension between them uh and what was going on it was just an incredible scene and the action was superb so oh yeah definitely definitely so yeah um and then the last movie of theirs uh the turtles forever which was actually not original i guess not originally a movie but more so tied into the show or a closing of the show. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of turtles forever? (laughs) I, you know, I agree with you guys. What you said in, in your turtles episode is it is the best thing that has happened to the turtles in, in ever, probably forever. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. and for, I mean, I, (laughs) I thought we actually reviewed it on our show like a year ago and, and, uh, and I just, I, I totally like make a fool of myself because I'm so (laughs) excited (laughs) about it while I'm talking about it. But, uh, I, I just absolutely, had a blast with it. It's so so well written. Like you could just tell that the guys who wrote it are huge Turtles fans that have been around for the entire run. So yeah. there's so many like inside jokes. There's so many like little uh, just funny things where they're acknowledging all these different aspects of the different 
versions of the turtles, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, we picked up on a lot of Easter eggs too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's so much in there, and you can just tell they had an absolute love for the property. Um, but it, you know, but more than just being like, let's see how many references we can pack in here. It was really well written and had an awesome oh, yeah. story that totally pulled you in and was like intense action and and uh, and <laughs> and I gotta say, I and like I said, I, I I for those of you out there, listeners who have not seen the 2003 animated series, it is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And I loved that they were like the main guys in this, and that they totally. <laughs> I've had some people disagree with me, but I loved that they were like totally making fun of the '80s turtles. So oh yeah, oh, I, was, yeah. I was laughing so so hard because I you know I grew up with the '80s cartoon and I thought it was fun, but looking back, I was like, wow, this is really pretty. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty well, good. And you know? that's that's the thing about that I liked about it also was the fact that. You know, yeah, I had fun watching the 80s cartoon. There's no doubt about that. I'll never talk bad about the 80s cartoon. But it was pretty cheesy. Oh, yeah. For them to, like you said, for them to call them out on all those silly, goofy (laughs) things was just brilliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it, though. And I know he's like, like with Raphael, he's like, why do you guys, he's like, I can't believe you guys have, like, the first initial of your name on your belt. That's, like, the lamest thing I've ever seen. And, and, uh, and it's funny, too, because, like, um, I have a good friend named Ross May. He actually wrote uh, a few issues of the Tales of the TMNT series also, and he's also a huge, huge Turtles fan. And uh, and we disagree on that. Like, he loves, loves, loves the 80s series. And uh, and so we've kind of, like, had our differences of opinion on which series is better. And he's like, I just thought the 2003 Turtles took themselves too seriously, and I missed the fun, goofiness of the old one. And, and I was always like, oh, man, give me give me the action. Give me the intense storylines. Yeah. Give me the dark, shadowy stuff. And so, you know, but I think it's cool. There's something there for everybody. And I yeah. oh, and, and then when they, like, pull in, like, like the original, original. I couldn't believe they did that. That <laughs> turtles. That was awesome. That was like the point where my head exploded. Yeah. Oh, my mine too. Because I was like, when they were talking, they were going to Turtles Prime. I'm like, okay, this could either be they're going to the real world, uh-huh. where Eastman and Laird actually are, or they're going to the comic book world, which I would just love to see. Because talking about being serious. Mm-hmm. Those turtles were really serious. Was <laughs> <laughs> the first issue, like the first episode of that the issue of that comic, Shredder dies. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, it totally killed him. And and that was one thing I loved too is like when when the 2003 turtles, you know, they've been ripping on the 80s turtles the whole time, and then when the 2003 turtles meet the original comics turtles, they get their just yes. desserts too, you know. And and like I love how the the like black and white turtles are like. Why do you guys all have different colored bandanas? And the other guy's like, "Yeah, sellouts." And I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> oh, I was laughing so so hard. Oh man! Well, and I loved also oh. just when they showed the the whole uh, that thing spinning, and they're showing all the different turtle worlds, oh, and you yeah. saw like covers to different comics and different takes. And I'm like looking at it, going, "I want to go to that turtle world." Now oh, I go totally. to that turtle world. <laughs> yeah, and they're like all the turtles at the same time are like awesome. I was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh, that's so great." Yeah. yeah, I just absolutely loved it. And I thought it was awesome that they brought back the uh, the Utram Shredder from the 2003 yeah. series. Oh, yes, yes. Because yep. he is a bad dude. He is like a scary, scary guy and not afraid to – I mean, on the show, on the 2003 series, yeah. he kills people. You know, he kills people and people die, and he is like yep. a scary, scary dude. And so I I thought that was great. They brought him back and made him even yeah, scarier. than he used to yeah. yeah, Yeah, me too. Well, and, and, to, and again, even there you have the – uh, discrepancy of like the how you saw how hokey the '80s Shredder was. Yeah, <laughs> because I always thought I was always like, man, Shredder's kind of scary and stuff like that when I was watching the '80s one. And then you see this Shredder and you're like, okay, that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
All right, so uh, you, I don't know if you listened to the uh, the episode, the interview we did with Robert, but uh, but to kind of close things out here, we we do have our section for our interviews uh, that we call the firing range in, in honor of <laughs> Joe. So these are debate; these are either debates that are out there in general, or they're debates that we've had on the show between Chuck and myself. Okay. So these are kind of either ors, and you can elaborate on any of them as much as you want to, or defend your side. Or, sure, for sure. So, so we have uh, we start off with uh, the big big daddy of probably all debates: uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Uh, I would say Star Wars. Okay. Yeah. Right, we continue. We can continue then. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe or Cobra? Uh, well, Joe's got snake eyes, so I'd have to go with Joe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although uh, they've got or, Storm Shadow, so so I mean I don't know they're both cool, but it's I think tough. I Brad. Yeah. It's, that's a tough choice. Um, Autobot or Decepticon? Oh, you know I I'd have to go with Autobot because they're like the heroic good guys that kick people's butts, and so I'm like yeah Autobot. Let's go. Optimus Prime was a personal favorite of mine growing up, and I oh yeah I remember Same. watching the original animated movie, and when and I I cried when he died. I could not believe it that he they killed him off, and I was right there with you. Yeah, yep. And when they when they did the episodes that brought him back, it was the Return to Prime, and they played the song "The Touch" again in the next <laughs> episode. I was like, "Yeah, he's coming back!" <laughs> oh yeah, that was like a great feeling. I was so happy. Yeah, uh, Jedi or Sith? Uh, I'd have to go with Sith. Wow, Sith. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I have a, I have a soft spot for the dark, shadowy bad guys. Um, and uh, yeah, so I have to go with Sith. Now yeah. here's some here's some debates right from the show. Uh, Duke or Flint? Uh, now Duke is the blonde one, right? Yes. <laughs> That's actually kind of my feelings on <laughs> it. I, I, I never know. And I'm, I mean, I've always thought G.I. Joe was cool, but I never followed them nearly as much as like the turtles. Um, so I, I was like, oh gosh, are they different guys? He's which, which guys? Leonardo. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd have to go with, I mean, from what little I know, I'd have to go with Duke because he's kind of okay. like the guy that's always in the forefront. Um, well, you're, you're winning Chuck over, so <laughs> uh, with, with that one at least. Um, so these next ones might be kind of tough for you also then. Okay. Uh, Lady J or Scarlet? Uh, you know, uh, again, I, I'm not an expert on G.I. Joe, but I'd have to go with Scarlet because, man, okay. red hair. Whew. Right, right. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Like the redheads. Yep. Uh, Snake Eyes or Storm Shadow? Oh, I'd have to go with Snake Eyes. Just the fact that he doesn't talk. Yeah, it just adds a whole another dimension of coolness to his character. So, yep. um, here here's one that I don't think uh, I've mentioned many times. I don't think Chuck will ever win this debate. R two D two or C three PO? Oh, C three PO for sure. Wait, no, 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 R two D two. Okay. Oh, what the hell? C three PO is the nerdy one, right? Yes. Okay. Like, Teach me on that. That's not right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Chuck likes C three PO more. I like R two D two. R two D two is probably my second favorite Star Wars character of. All care, all characters. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I would. You almost had gave me a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's again some debates from the show: uh, cake or pie? Uh, man, it depends on the. And there's no double meaning with it. We actually mean like the desserts: cake or pie. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'd probably have to go with pie. I'd probably okay. have to go with pie. You're a good man. Okay. When it comes to muffins. Uh-huh. Uh, Chocolate chip or blueberry? Oh, chocolate chip. All the way, by far. Nice. <laughs> um, when it comes to ice cream, mm-hmm. uh, we're going Neapolitan here. Chocolate, vanilla, or strawberry? Uh, chocolate. Very Choc- nice. All the way, yep. 
This guy's dead to me. <laughs> All right, and now to to close it up, I have I'm gonna list I'm gonna state some movies to you, and okay. you tell me if you think they're good or bad. Okay. Uh, Masters of the Universe, the live action movie. <laughs> good because it's so bad. That's, that's probably the most correct answer we've ever had. Right. You're gonna win both of us over with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Van Helsing, the uh, Hugh Jackman one. Oh, it had so much potential, and they blew it. <laughs> oh, it should have been so cool. I mean, it should have been, been, I agree. Oh, it should have been. should have been. Oh. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. Uh, really good. Really good. I have not seen that forever, but I thought that was a great movie. Yep. Um, these are a little bit newer, so I don't know if you've seen all of them, but G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. Oh, uh, uh, it was fun. It was fun. Super cheesy, yeah. but it had its moments. And like I said, Snake Eyes, by far the best part of the whole thing. Snake Eyes yeah. was awesome, so he totally made the whole thing for me. That's kind of how I felt about it. It was just kind of fun ride. I probably won't watch it again. Well, I'll, I, we will when we do a commentary on it. But, yeah, yeah, uh, that's probably a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Transformers, the, the first live-action movie. Um, It had its really cool moments, but it was just a little too Michael bay for me. Just really, yeah. I thought the characters are very shallow, and it's all about all the sexy women and all the huge explosions and not a whole lot of brain power, I yep. thought. I, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, and then the Transformers, the second one. Uh, you know what? I didn't even watch it because I heard it was like 100 <laughs> times worse wow. than the first that, one. That's a smart move. <laughs> smart yeah, that's, move. that's his vote. Yeah. Um, last couple here. Uh, Star Wars, the prequels. Uh, oh, they were fine. They are all right. They're, I'd, I'd watch them. I mean, I watched them once, and I was like, that was, that was pretty good. But, okay. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know if you watched this at all or not, but Star Wars, the uh, CG Clone Wars show. You know, I have not seen that, um, so I can't give a valid opinion. Okay. But if I can give you a substitute, the uh, the uh, the hand not hand drawn, but the the other more traditional uh, Clone Wars animated shorts that they did on cartoons yes. by the guy that did like Samurai yeah. Jack, those by far that was the the favorite thing from Star Wars I've ever seen. Yeah, that those are awesome. I have those on DVD. I don't put those ones on the list be, uh, to ask because I feel like there's no debating those. Yeah. <laughs> Those, yeah, those are good. Those are a given. They're they're awesome. You you can't argue it. It's just they're amazing. Yeah, love it. Love so, it. all right. Uh, well, uh, let us know when Runestone's coming out. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you bet. You bet. Uh, yeah, keep us informed, and we'll be happy to to plug it on the show at, at any point. So, yeah, I, I just want to read it. Yeah. Now, well. now if, if if people want to hear you or uh, get in touch with you or look at your stuff or whatever. Uh, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, plug some of your uh, your contact information again? Or you bet, you bet. Um, let's see. So our main website is Runestone Comics. So it's R U N E Stone Comic dot com, um, and uh, so that's probably a good place to go. Uh, my personal email is Quinn with two N's. So Quinn M Johnson at gmail dot com. Uh, our, our, uh, again, our podcast is the Dark on City podcast. I, I have to spell all these things out because everyone looks at me like, what? What is that? Where is that? And it's D A R K H A N. So Dark on City podcast. You can look us up on iTunes or you can go to runestonecomic.com uh, slash podcast for that. Yeah, I think that that is, if you want to follow me on Twitter, my, I don't have a very exciting life, but it's at Quinn M. Johnson. And, uh, and actually, uh, and actually, would you guys be cool if I just, um, just give a real brief for people that don't know a real brief 
uh, synopsis of what Runestone's all about, and then yeah, go, go right ahead, please. I won't take any more of your time. <laughs> yeah, no, please go right ahead. Yeah. Um. So basically, what it what the the basic story, what it's all about, is is uh, these five kids in high school. It's uh, and they're all from totally different backgrounds. You know, I kind of we always compared it to the Breakfast Club, but that kind of dates me a little bit. Um, these kids from different social backgrounds, um, and they're all in this high school together. The the main kid is Scott uh, Harrison, and and when so he he joins. He he kind of moves into this new school and and uh, you find out that his mom has died of leukemia not too long before and his dad's gotten remarried so he's kind of getting used to that and he's basically just trying to figure out um, being a religious person he's just kind of figure out what his life is all about what his purpose is and what God kind of wants him to do in his life and and then he meets these other characters and they're all from varying you know uh, they're all from varying backgrounds and you know they're not religious like he is but they're all from different backgrounds like I said and and uh, they all kind of and then, and then um, when the story starts off, they end up finding this rune stone, which is where the title comes from, and they don't really know what it is. It's just this glowing stone that has this mysterious, these mysterious runes on them, these symbols, and uh, something comes out of it and ends up giving them all abilities. And so a big part of the story is, is now they've got these abilities, and now they're kind of forced to work together, they're forced to kind of become friends in a way because they're trying to just make sense of all this craziness. Um, and at the same time, oh, and, and at the same time, they're trying to, you know, figure out what this runestone is. Like, why were they the ones that, out of anybody that, that got the power? Is there a greater purpose kind of going on here? Um, and then they also have to deal with these uh, really, <laughs> really scary bad guys. These are some bad, bad, yeah. bad guys. And uh, and uh, one of them in particular starts, you know, and they, they find out his origins are linked to theirs, but they don't know how. And he knows more about their powers and what's really going on than they do. And he starts basically killing off all the other uh, crime lords all the organized crime lords in, in Darkon City and starts consolidating this massive empire. And uh, and so they kind of have to team together to, to fulfill their purpose and take him on. And there's some other really bad, bad guys. And then one of the other, uh, they get joined, actually. So it's the four kids, they get, get powers from the runestone, and then they get joined by a fifth character uh, whose name is Adder. And he's uh, a black-masked kind of ninja vigilante guy and uh, who didn't end up getting powers from the runestone, but he's got his own mysterious past, and he's... He's a huge butt kicker. He just wails on people, and so he kind of joins them and kind of gives them some guidance and, and uh, direction, and and so they all have to kind of work together and and uh, goes from there. So yeah, it's an ex- and a big part of it is the mystery. So I won't. I don't want to talk about too much about the details. Sure. But. Yeah. Don't spoil it. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember telling uh, I remember telling Robert the when I was looking at the <laughs> concept ideas for the characters and everything else. I, uh, the one that really stuck out in my head just because he was super creepy looking was Mister Smiley. Oh yeah, <laughs> with his little minions and everything else, I was like, oh, that, yeah. that's yeah. gonna be a fun character to read. Yeah, that's all in the first issue. So not all, but you get introduced to, to Smiley in the first issue, and kind of this hulking, hulking kind of Jason-esque, it's like yeah. you know, homicidal maniac who wears a, a smiling skull mask, and you know, and I think one of the things I love about him is not only is he creepy because he's this big hulking killer that kills people for no reason. But that he's got these people that follow him around that also wear these little creepy, spindly guys that also wear smiley masks. And you're like, what kind of a guy, what kind of people are they to follow this guy around and take part in murdering people, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I, I'm glad you like him. He's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, it's very cool. So, uh, uh, another question here about the comic itself. Is sure. it going to be released single issue or as a collected trade or both? That is actually to be determined. Um, Robert and I have actually been chatting quite a bit. Uh, we know for sure uh, we're looking at different options. We know for sure we're going to be releasing it online um, for people that want to do it that way. And then we'll also be releasing it. 
at the very least in print form as uh, collected graphic novels. So that's that's kind of uh, what we're looking at right now. But again, you know, that's all kind of we're we're hammering that all out right now. But uh, okay, cool. Yeah, keep us posted on on when that happens. Uh, sure. When you know for sure it's coming out, and like I said, we'll be happy to to uh, remind our listeners uh, of that coming out, and so they can order it and and get it out there. So. Yeah, just as someone who's excited to read it, I, I think uh, a graphic novel might be the way to go. Yeah. I, I like reading those because they're all collected. I don't have to stop and wait, you know, the next month to get my story. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I, I, I'm i the same way for sure, and I, I just think um, it's just kind of becoming a, a different world out there with all the technology and everything, and I think I think people, at least for me, I will speak about me personally, but it's kind of a pain to try to hunt around to find the next issue coming out and and uh, man it's so much better to just get it all in one nice beautiful volume you can just put on your shelf and yeah exactly you know, yeah or you know wh- whatever gets the story out there and makes you the most money that's good too hey you know yeah. that's yeah that's definitely <laughs> a factor so yep, yep. <laughs> all right well uh we appreciate you coming on i like i said i was ecstatic when uh, i got the email from you saying hey you know would you mind if i came on and talked turtles with you i was like yes you can whatever <laughs> you want um, and and just let you know in the in the future it is an open invitation. So if there's awesome. ever a time you, you hear us, I don't know if you'll keep listening or not, but you know, can if you want. But if you ever hear of us talking about a topic and you're like, hey, I'd like to come on and and talk with you guys uh, about that, you know, we can have you on again. That'd I'd be love fantastic. To. I'd love and, to. Just let you know, just so you're aware, uh, we recorded one episode. So if episode 22 will come out. And that's our regular issues episode and everything else. Then we are doing uh, what we're recording now and what the talk with you will be on is uh, episode 23. So it'll probably come out in a week and a half, two weeks. That's somewhere great. Around there. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. But it, it's one of our uh, – it's called one of our suck episodes, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, which started with a G.I. Joe issue because we usually pull our titles from quotes from the issues that we cover. Well, one of the episodes uh, – one of the issues had – uh, beachhead saying embrace the suck well, <laughs> next thing you know we weren't even talking about issues that episode and then for some reason i don't even know why we started doing it we started calling our episodes where we don't talk about the comics individually mm-hmm. uh where we just kind of free form it uh we started calling them different suck episodes oh that's great and so uh and we play on different things so this one's going to be called the phantom suck played off of the phantom menace so <laughs> So just so you know what episode you're going to be on. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's it's it's an honor. It's an honor. Uh, and actually, most people don't know this, but in addition to one of my lifelong dreams of of uh, writing for the Ninja Turtles, uh, another one was to be on the Star Joe's podcast. So oh, see? sweet. So yeah, ever since I was a child. So this has yeah. been a. That's yeah. a excellent answer there. So. so I thank you. I thank you both. You've, uh, <laughs> oh, you've thank made, you. Thank you've you. Well, yeah, we we really appreciate it. Uh, like I said, uh, and I mean it sincerely. Open invitation anytime you want. Hopefully, someday in the future we'll actually be able to meet face to face. And yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be, be awesome. great. So well, you guys are fantastic. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I've had an absolute blast with you guys today. So thank you very much, and uh, you enjoy the weekend coming up. Okay, you too. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take, take care. it easy. Thank you. All right, and that was our interview with uh, Quinn Johnson. Yeah, pretty cool guy. So uh, sucking with Quinn. <laughs> he uh, he knows a lot about his turtles. He knows a lot about the turtles, so. which uh, which is awesome. That should make up for our shortcomings, right? 
So, exactly. There you go, people. Most most of your shortcomings. Most of mine. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk some more about the uh, figures there. Yeah, uh, if the phone don't ring again, uh, right. we'll, we'll get back to I work here. Didn't even know that was coming. Who so. knew? But uh, <laughs> but no, it was awesome to talk to Quinn. So, uh, Quinn, again, yeah. I, know, I know we thanked you, but it was it was awesome to have you yeah, on. Yeah, thanks, so. thanks a lot. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Really great. So uh, going into some, uh, some unfortunate... Stuff that's coming out. Uh, the movie Green Lantern figures. Not excited, huh? No. <laughs> um, Don't hold back. How do you feel? They are having wave two of the DC Classic ones come out, which is awesome. And in fact, some people have already got those versions. Uh, those look cool. The movie ones, not so much. Yeah. Uh, I was at a Walmart uh, recently, uh, last weekend when you were in Florida with your parents, and I saw a movie G Green Lantern uh, beach towel. Okay. And I took a picture of it and sent it to you on the oh, yeah, text. Yeah. I saw that. So I've already seen some movie stuff come out before the movie. So. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Which I'm, nice. I'm glad it's getting the hype. Uh, but yeah, not looking forward to the figures that are based on the movies. But again, I said, I'm not big on any movie, any figures, movie yeah. figures. So I might get one or two of the alien-looking ones, Just maybe, maybe yeah. if they look cool. If Well, if, if you see the movie and there's like a toy store or a bookstore near you... After you see it, you're pretty pumped up. You may make a purchase, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's here or there. So. Um, I, I'm not one to really do that, so I don't see myself doing that. But I do. Um, uh, <laughs> but I'm still looking forward to the movie. I think the movie's going to be good. The thing I'm really looking forward to also is this fall they're going to have the Green Lantern core uh, cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is going to be done in the I. From everything I saw, it looks like it's going to be done in the typical DC animation, like the Justice League and Young Justice and all that. Right. And so I'm lo- really looking forward to that. That should be pretty awesome. So, um, Speaking of Young Justice, they're also going to be coming out with figures similar to the Justice League, uh, the JLU. The JLU figures, yeah. Uh, figures. It's going to be similar, similar to size. that. Except there's going to be a little bit more articulation to mm-hmm. them. Yeah. And some of the larger ones are going to actually come with play sets. So there's actually Artemis. She's going to come with a uh, firing range, a little target practice. You're going to have Aqualad. He's going to come with this, uh, like, I don't know, basement sewer set where there's water coming out, and he's able to form it into weapons. And then Robin, who you can't see here in the picture, but he he's going to have, like, a little Gotham uh, rooftop scene yeah. that, he, that he comes with. So, Sweet. so I'm kind of interested in those larger ones that have the play set. Again, it depends on those price. Those are the six inch. Yeah. yeah, it depends on the price point for them and everything, but uh, I think those look pretty cool. Uh, then we also got some G.I. Joe news. Yeah, there's a lot of good G.I. Joe news. Uh, I think the big one overall is they're, they're bringing a the Sky Striker back. Right. Which, for me, that's huge. That was one of my uh, goals to get a Sky Striker this year. Yep. I was going to break down and buy an old one, but Scrap that, I'm getting this one. Yeah. And then the really big news, which we kind of hinted at, and I think people know about it, is the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, or yeah. one of their exclusives, is going to be the Sky Striker done up as if it looks like Starscream. It's yeah. going to have the Decepticon logos on it and everything. It looks exactly like Starscream with the Cobra Commander pilot. Yep. Which is awesome. I love it when the genres cross over, so I'm a big fan yeah, that, of that. Yeah, that might be the toy to get come this Comic-Con, so... Yep. Uh, we may have to make an online purchase of that. <laughs> uh, and that'll be re- released by Hasbro, which oh, is yeah. which is good because you can purchase it the day after yeah, the convention. Yeah, for the most part, the day after HasbroToyShop.com. Don't tell your friends. Uh, but they usually sell their Comic-Con exclusives uh, right there the day after. Now, they do sell out quickly, so you have to be ready to purchase as soon as the early yeah. that morning. It's like 
I think it's sometimes like nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah, if they have any left over, because yeah. I think the Sergeant Slaughter, the uh, the camouflage pants, black tank top edition, he didn't go on sale because okay. they sold out at the Comic Con. Sold out. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you you might need to go to San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, or you know, <laughs> check the bay. Right. Um, they will have a Cobra Grunt, just the Cobra Soldier, uh, Cobra the Enemy. Yeah, and there's uh, another Cobra Commander coming out. Right. And then we have uh, repacking, you said, of uh, Croc Master. Yeah, it looks like a total repaint of the original 25th Croc Master, except there's some new accessories. Yeah, so I, I, I like the look of that one. Yeah, I have it. Um, so I don't know if it's going to be exactly the same coloring or not, but I'll definitely look at it and check it out. And then we got the Iron Grenadier, who yeah. looks pretty sweet. Pretty pretty nice looking. A lot of accessories. Yeah. There, a lot of heavily weaponed. And then we got the uh, Jungle Bat, who's got the big Gatling gun, which I thought yeah. looked pretty awesome. And it's like a camouflage bat. I, I don't know if I'll buy that one or I might pass on it. That one for me is going to depend on how he looks in the store. Right. Uh, but I kind of like the idea of him coming with this big Gatling gun. He's got like robotic arms yeah. and stuff. Um, then uh, one that you and I both really like the look of is sci-fi. Oh, yeah, definitely. He comes with uh, two different helmet styles. One with the visor halfway down and one with it all the way down. Right. And I don't know if those are going to be like actually two separate heads. It looks like, yeah, it's two separate so, heads. So, yeah. Um, I'm looking, I, I might look to troop build him. Because <laughs> he kind of looks like a Star Wars character. <laughs> I guess if you put the mask all the way down, right. it could be like a generic green shirt, right. laser rifle trooper. But, right. yeah, I'm definitely going to pick that one up. And then there's a... Looks like there's another Cobra Viper. Yep. So that looks good. You can always, you know, troop build army build yep. those. Those are always collecting. And then I'm thinking this is a Stalker. That's what it looks like. Kind of looks like Stalker. It might be one of the uh, Jedi Renegade Stalker. Okay. Maybe him with the dreadlocks or but something. But he looks pretty cool. He's, he does, yeah. Yeah, he looks pretty sweet. And then there's going to be another Storm Shadow, who I really like the look of this one because he comes with so many ninja weapons. Yeah. Which is just appropriate. From, so. from the guy who hates multiple accessories. Well, you know, I'll, I'll find a storage space for them. I'll, I'll make the exception. I'll glue them on the storm shed. Right. Um, then just a few obscure ones that I, I kind of saw that I liked. Uh, NECA is coming out with a Duke Nukem figure, which looks pretty sweet. And you can actually pre-order it now. Yeah. Uh, so it comes out in a couple months. Uh, there's the uh, Alien, or I'm sorry, Predator from uh, the Predator movies. Predator movies yeah. They're going to be doing a bunch of those. Uh, Gears of War is going to have some figures, so is Bioshock. And then they're going to come out with a uh, the Gremlins 2 figures. And one of them that caught my eye was Spike from Gremlins 2, who becomes, he drinks the arachnid formula. The spider. He becomes yeah. the spider. I'm not going to get him, because he's really creepy looking. And but I think it's rather large. Yeah, too. but I like him because he's creepy looking. Yeah. So. <laughs> No spider for you. So, uh, and then Star Wars wise, the only one that I saw that uh, wanted to comment on is that they are doing a transport. It's the big one the for this big, year, yeah. and it's it transforms into a base for them. Yeah, it's I, all Clone Wars. Yeah, though. it's all yeah. Clone Wars. I'm not really that excited about it. I'm not really that thrilled. Yeah, but I'll pass. I'm just glad they're continuing the vintage line. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, they do have uh, the. Uh, Transformers Prime animated series will have fi- uh, figures come out based on that, yeah, the human which are based figures, on yeah. the humans. Uh, we also have some of the robots. So you have Starscream coming out, and uh, some of the other characters will come out as figures also. They look really close to the actual uh, animated series. Yeah, I mean, I, so, this is Megatron here, right? I like, right. I like the look of him, but yeah. for Starscream, I just don't like the look of that Starscream at all. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Uh, they're also coming out with like these kitty, uh, almost like Lego style. Yeah, Lego minifigs right. or something. And then uh, for the movie, the only thing I was kind of interested in that I thought looked cool was they are actually doing the ship, the Ark, mm-hmm. uh, for the Transformers new movie. 
I just thought the ship looked really cool. If you wanted a cool-looking spaceship, it might be one you yeah. want to get, depending on the price uh, the point. The movie The Dark of the Moon. Dark of the Moon, right. Now, there's some figures that I've recently saw that are in Walmart right now. There's a like a sneak peek uh, little mini figure. It looks like a Prime figure yeah. with some 3D glasses. Yeah. So it, that's yep. at Walmart now. Yep. Um, um, and then some Masters Universe figures. Are yeah, coming out. The new Masters Universe figures there are coming out. Um, now, Maddie Collector Day just recently passed since it's the 18th, so I did pick up... Uh, Battle Armor Skeletor for myself. I, I, I passed on the King Hiss figure at this time because I really want the 2000X King Hiss figure. Right. So I passed on that one, but I did get the Battle Armor Skeletor figure. But of the new ones that are announced, we're getting Manny Faces, which is great. Right. And he does his head does spin into the human mode, the robot mode, and the uh, monster. Uh, we're getting the Faceless one, which is from the 2002 yep. genre. It's Evelyn's father. Which is an awesome looking figure. Yeah, I actually like the look of that one. Uh, Cyclone, we're getting him, but he doesn't spin around like the old Cyclone did. But he's still looking very cool. Yep. Uh, we're getting Clawful, which is the, uh, I guess, lobster looking. Yeah. That best way to describe him. Yeah. Skeletor's henchman. Catra, but that was kind of announced earlier from the Princess of Power. She-Ra figures. Yeah, so She's no, like I, two different heads. I have no idea who she is. It's one of uh, Hordak's... Uh, Minions, I guess. She's a whore. What? Word. <laughs> Word. Uh, we're getting, uh, obviously, Panthor's coming out, too, to be released later on. Uh, Megatar, which to go with Titus. Yeah. He's, you know, main uh, op- opposition there. And the uh, the Tila, the, I don't know if it's pre-Eternia Tila, or the, uh, it's from the mini-comics, and they give her the blonde Tila. Okay. Like barbarian Tila, or something like that. Okay. But goes, with the, goes with the barbarian He-Man. Yeah, definitely a, a good um, you know figure to get if you're a fan of the mini comics because that's where that's from. Okay, like kind of like the goddess is strictly from the mini comics. Yeah. Nowhere else is it. So I'll definitely get that one. I definitely want Manny Faces, the faceless one. You know, Cyclone. I, I, I probably pick up a Clawful since he's one of Skeletor's guys. But Catra, I might pass on. Um, Tila, the I'll definitely get that. Panther, I want to get. Megatar, I'll pass on that because I passed on uh, Titus. Yeah. Uh, now, the two packs are doing a Zodak, uh, the original you know, Zodak and a Green Lantern. Right. Uh, you know, Hal Jordan. And then they're doing a She-Ra and a Supergirl. Yeah, and the Supergirl is based on the old, I think it was Peter David did a Supergirl run. It's not on the. It's not based on how Supergirl looks now. No. Yeah, this is the old Supergirl that uh, she became an angel, or she was like an angel of light or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but the it, She-Ra is exactly the same, really no difference. I think I think the sword might be colored different. It's not okay. the gold, it's the silver sword. Okay. So it's kind of what fans wanted, but... So, yeah, so that was a lot of the news from Toy Fair that we were interested in. There's Yeah, I mean, there's uh, like I said, there's a thousands of, right. upon thousands of other stuff about news, but this is just stuff that we were interested yep. in and we liked, so... Um, now, Free Comic Book Day is coming up. Uh, it's always the first Saturday in May. Yeah, it's going to be May 7th. May 7th this year. So it's really the latest it could ever be in May yeah, this year. because it's, yeah. Right. So um, so we're going to go through the books here, and we're going to kind of talk about what we're excited about or what we're interested in or what we're not interested in. So uh, We're going to just take it by publisher? Well, I, I figure I'll, I'll go by what I have printed here. We're just going to go one by one, I guess. All right, go ahead. Um, so... DC Comics is coming out, and this is perfect for kids. Uh, Young Justice and Batman Brave and the Bold Super Sampler. It's going to be both of those combined. I've, I've been getting the Young Justice comic book, and I've seen the Batman Brave and the Bold cartoon. And the cartoon's cool. I really like the Young Justice comic and the Young Justice cartoon, so that's going to be one that I'm pretty interested in. Yeah, and DC's also putting out the, the Green Lantern and the, with a special Flashpoint preview. Yeah, that one I'm not so interested in. 
Really? You? The Green Lantern? Yeah, well, here's the reason why. You're not going to pick it up at all? I'm going to pick it up. All right. Because it's free. Word. Uh, <laughs> but it, originally I was excited about it because I, I figured it was going to be a Flashpoint preview or like uh, prelude, I should say, not a preview. I think it's just it's preview. Inside. Now it's a preview, right. I thought it was a prelude story like they did for Blackest Night oh, okay, like or a, yeah, War of the Superman. Yeah. Here what it is, it's they're promoting the movie. I know why they're doing it, but they give you basically, they're reprinting the first issue of Secret Origin story arc to get people ready for the movie. And then they're going to give you a pre, a few preview pages for Flashpoint storyline, okay. which means I'm going, which I already have the Secret Origin story. And you're going to be buying Flashpoint anyway. And I'm be buying Flashpoint anyway, so I'm basically getting stuff that I will have anyways. Okay. So that was a huge disappointment for me. Uh, well, they're also giving away the uh, the Green Lantern and Hal Jordan hero click. Right. So that's cool. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be interested in that. Um, then we have Worlds of Aspen, which is by Aspen uh, Publisher. And it's a special compilation featuring four exciting outtakes from several Aspen's uh, hottest titles, which are Fan- uh, Fathom, Soulfire, Executive Assistant, Iris, uh, and some other stuff. Not really one I'm interested in. I've heard some good things about some of the titles. Yeah, I'll like, probably pass on that But I'll too. probably pass on that one. Uh, then Disney is actually coming out with a Mickey Mouse comics, Walt Disney Mickey Mouse by Fanagraphics. <laughs> Yeah. And and I'll be interested to check that one out. I like Disney. I like Mickey. Yeah, it's free. So too, why so. not? Um, now, one for the kids. There's Top Shelf Kids Club, which is going to have a bunch of... Uh, it's like Owly and his friends and stuff like that. And there's a Corgi. Yeah. I don't uh, know. We'll leave but, this for the kids. But I'll leave that for the kids. Uh, now, one that I, I liked picking up last year, I don't pick up the comic in general, but is The Tick. Uh, I do like The Tick. I liked the cartoon when I was growing up. I watched that. I watched a lot of it in college, actually. Yeah, um, New England Comics. Yeah, by New England Comics. It, I'll pick up the free issue. Uh, oh, I, I picked it up last year. Will not pick up that. Really? I never liked The Tick, huh? The tick, yeah. Um, then we have Spontaneous Number 1, which is by Oni Press. Give you an idea what this is about. Uh, driven to discover the truth regarding his father's mysterious death many years prior... Melvin Reyes seeks to prove the existence of spontaneous human combustion after fresh outbreaks of the phenomenon reveal a pattern only he can see. Um, yeah, I'm good. Uh, it depends on how it looks. No, I'm The cover's kind of interesting. You just want to check out the art inside. If the art looks good, I might pick it up, but... It's just something that doesn't even interest me. Yeah. But the next one we're going to talk about from uh, Archie Comics... Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog. Definitely interests me. I picked that up last year. I liked getting it. Again, yeah. it's not a title I normally pick up. No, but for a... But for free, free comic, comic book day, day I'll sure. definitely read it, so... Yeah. Now, one of Chuck's favorite ones. Uh, Silver Scorpion, which is coming out by Liquid Comics... And here's the gist on this one. As seen in New York Post, USA Today, uh, Fox News, and NPR and more, uh, created by disabled students from America and Syria, experienced the origin of a new disabled superhero, Silver Scorpion. The comic book will help establish trust and understanding between cultures to empower young people with disabilities. And that was quoted by President Bill Clinton uh, at the Global Initiative, 2010 Global Initiative. I gotta honestly say I'm gonna pass on this. I like the con- I like the idea behind it. What they're trying to do. I just think they're force feeding us a handicapped superhero just to do it, just to right. get more PC, right? Which is not good, right? Well, and we talked about that I think last episode where it's just yeah. like y- if you're doing it just for the sake of being PC, yeah, it's not worth it. Now, if you if you're doing it because you think this could make a really cool superhero, then I'm all for it. Like Oracle's a really cool 
hero. Yeah, sure. And she happens to be handicapped. You yeah. have Professor X, who happens to be handicapped. Not and a problem with those characters. Yeah, that's... I just... I don't know. But to do, doing, it, yeah, to do I, it just because Yeah, I don't know handicapped. if that's why they're doing it. Right. Because of the who's backing it and who created it. Right. I don't know. Because, I mean, if you're in a wheelchair or you're handicapped, you can create a superhero that doesn't have to be. Right. But if you're doing it just because, you know, the backing of what it is, then that's that's kind of wrong. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. I'll pass on it. And then Oni Press is doing another one that's it's called Rated Free for Everyone, so it's another one for the kiddies. Yeah, I'll be passing on that, too. Um, one that I'm not interested in, but I think you are, is Misadventures of Adam West. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Blue Water Productions is doing Dude, that one. Adam West? Yeah. yeah I'll I'm, be definitely grabbing that. I'll be passing that one. I might grab two of those. I kind of heard he's a jackass. And, I don't care. And, <laughs> real life, so um, one that I'm interested in, I don't think you will be, is the the Gathering Planeswalker. Uh, I'm all, it's by Wizards of the Coast. It's based on the Magic the Gathering trading card game. Oh, I will pass. I I played Magic at one time. Yeah, but I'm not picking. I'm not. It's not like I'm going to be picking it up. I think there's uh, geeks over at EDM will be grabbing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. I mean, well, maybe two of those guys. The other two are kind of cooler. Right. <laughs> you guys figure uh, out who you are. What are you trying to say? Well, two of them. Because I'm interested in it. <laughs> well, there are two of us here, and one of us is cooler than the other. You figure it out. I'm interested in just checking out the free one. Nah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, I like fantasy-type stuff when I can. I'll leave so. it for the guys who come in and game. <laughs> um, then Next we, on the list. Then we have John Stanley Summer Fun uh, by Dr- Drawn and Quarterly. Again, probably something for the kiddies. Yeah, it looks more kiddie-ish. Yeah. yeah. Um, then we have James Patterson Witch and Wizard. Now, James Patterson's a big author and it's yeah, by yeah. Yen Press again it seems like it's more geared towards people that are into uh, Twilight and yeah, or, yeah. the craft and stuff like that yeah, so I'm going to pass on yeah. that now one that I thought that did catch my eye just because of the art and uh, it's called The Dreaming it's by Radical Publishing the art looks really cool it looks like it's more of a book form than a uh, when I saw previews yeah. for it uh, they show an image and then they have a story next to the image so it's more like maybe almost like a children's book where it's you have a picture and a story that goes with the picture, right? Because it's not going to be totally like comic book form, right. The way it looks here, at least. Well, at least it's from, a little wider. I looked it up online too. They had like preview pages you could see, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what it kind of looked like. I'm interested in it because I kind of like stuff to do with dreaming and everything else. I'm but good. so I'll, I'll check it out. Um, then we have Intrepid Scapegoat and Stuff of Legend. Yeah, am I going to buy any of these? Am Which I going to? I mean, am I going to take any well, of these? Well, it's by Third World Studios. Now, Stuff of Legend, I really liked. Yeah, I got that. Yeah, because yeah. of the ETM guys talked about, it, and I heard other podcasts talk about it. I picked up the first trade. It is phenomenal. Uh, so I'll be interested to at least check out the Stuff of Legend side of it. The scapegoat, though. I mean, he's yeah, a, I'm not he's a goat. I'm not interested in a scapegoat. Yeah, he's a goat, but I'm interested in Stuff of Legend. I mean, he's a goat, <laughs> right? The uh, character's a goat. Right. <laughs> Going to pass. Uh, next one I know you're interested in is Inspector Gadget. Well, hell yeah. Heck yeah. By Viper Comics. Uh, I grew Welcome up with... Welcome to Vipe the Vindles. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I grew up with Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dr. Claw, Pity yeah. Brain. Loved Inspector it. Gadget. I, I will certainly check out the free comic book day one. Yeah, so. yeah definitely. Um, then we got Ice by 12 Gauge Comics. Not a big fan of the like art, kind of. Yeah, right? I I saw preview pages of it, and the art kind of took me out of it a bit. So if it's it's like ICE, it might be like COPS, like cops, yeah. or something. So, but it just yeah, wasn't I of might, interest I to might me. Pass on that. Um, again, here's one that I'm 
interested in checking out the free comic book day one, but I'll probably never read the actual issues of the other, of the regular ongoing. That's Elric Balance Lost. It's by Boom Studios. Boom Studios does a good job of stuff. Oh, yeah. And again, we're dealing with that fantasy stuff, got elves and everything else. Is it Elric or Eldritch? It's uh, Elric. Elric? Yes. Yeah, it looks pretty, you know, the comic cover looks okay. It's yeah. It's got a sword. Looks and Elric. Sword of Omens. Yeah, and... Elric's been around for a long time. Uh, so I'm kind of, I've never read anything Elric, so. Yeah, me neither. That's why I'm kind of interested to check out the free Depending comic on, book yeah, day if one. They let me take, get my choice, I might yeah. even grab that just because. Well, because it, it's, the reason I'm interested, it's been, Elric's been around for a long time, so it's got longevity, so I'm like, well, there must be something to it. Somebody so, likes it, yeah. Yeah, so let me just check it out. Um, then one that yeah. I, I don't think you're interested in, but I am actually interested in this is Deadliest Sharks and Prehistoric Predators by Xenoscope Entertainment. Yeah, Xenoscope, they're the top ten deadliest sharks. Yeah. I, as a kid, love, I still do, loved sharks and I loved dinosaurs and prehistoric animals. Yeah, this is like Discovery Channel, Animal Planet, kids I stuff. love that stuff. I'm out. Um, <laughs> I love Shark Week on Discovery Channel. <laughs> oh my God. I absolutely love it. I absolutely. I schedule my vacation when that comes on. TV. I absolutely love Shark Week. I'm so. done. What else? Uh, now, one I'm not interested in, but I think you are. Is Civil War Adventure? Yeah, I would definitely uh, check it out. By History Graphics Press. Yeah, I would definitely check that out. I'm someone that it's not that I don't like learning about the Civil War, but I would rather see that on a documentary. Or read a book about a comic. Or read a book about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather do I that. I mean, I'll check it out. I'm, I don't know if I'll actually buy it, but I'll definitely yeah. check it out. It's worth something. It piece my interest. Yeah. Then we have Marvel has Captain America and Thor. Yeah, definitely. B- big surprise why it's coming out. Yeah. Uh, you got both movies coming out. Yeah. And this one... I, I want it. <laughs> I think much like last year when they did Iron Man Nova, mm-hmm. I, that was more geared towards young, a younger crowd. I think that's the same thing with this one. Uh, because they do have another comic coming out. Marvel does have another one coming out, Free Comic Book Day. But I think this one's a little geared a little bit more towards kids, but I'm still going to check it out. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, then we have Bongo Comics Free For All. I always get this on Free Comic Book Day. The Simpsons, yeah. I never buy The Simpsons, but I will always pick it up on Free Comic Book Day. Yeah. Then we have Baltimore and Criminal Macabre, and it's by Dark, Dark Horse Comics. I'll check it out. I don't think it'll be anything I'll be interested in, but I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm pass on it. Then we got Atomic Robo and Friends. I've heard things about Atomic Robo, so I am interested in checking this out. And that's from uh, Red 5 Comics. Right. And so I'm interested to check it out because I have heard things about Atomic Robo. I don't think it'll be a series I ever pick up. Yeah, I've never heard anything about it, so I'll but, pass. But I'll check it out. Then we've got uh, Artifacts Number 1 Half by Image Comics and Top Cow Productions. This one I definitely would be picking up because I've been following art- the Artifacts story. And this is supposed... And Artifacts number zero that came out last year mm-hmm. is what got me to start reading some Top Cow books. Yeah. So... Now you're all Witchblade. Right. <laughs> uh, more of the darkness. I like the yeah. darkness character a lot. And Witchblade. Witchblade's good. Yeah. But, right. uh, but yeah, Artifacts number one half gets a little bit... Digs a little bit more into uh, some of the characters in Artifacts. Mm-hmm. So I really like it. And again, it's one that you... Artifacts is a series you do not have to read anything else that's Top Cow, and you would understand what's going on, because they constantly are giving you information in the book. So right. Then we have 2000 AD, which is uh, published by Rebellion. And I mean, the cover looks good. Nice big robot, but... Uh, no, no, no. That's not a robot. That's Judge Dredd. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> um, now, I'm actually interested. I like Judge Dredd. I, again, you like I, the movie? 
I like the movie. Oh, I didn't like it. But well, here's the thing. The I, like, I thought it was a robot. I like the movie, but the movie is not Judge Dredd. Okay, good. So, <laughs> um, the Sylvester Stallone, I am the law. Yeah, that's that's not for me. That's no. not the movie. I still liked it, but it that's not the the comic. Okay. So, I am the law. Drop your weapon. The comic's a lot grittier. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, so you might actually be interested in checking it out. So again, it depends on how many they let me take. Right. Super Dinosaur Origin Special Number One. I by, do want to try to pick this up. Image Comics. It's by Robert Kirkman. This is Robert Kirkman's newest thing. Yeah. He's done Invincible and he's done The Walking Dead. So when I saw this, I was like, "And Masters of the Universe." Yes, he did do uh, Icons of Evil, Beast Man. Give him his credit. Uh, <laughs> That's his biggest shit. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, but that one, I'm like, it's Kirkman, but it's yeah. a robot. Dinosaur. Dinosaur. <laughs> I don't know. It's free. I'll take it. Look. I'll check it out. I'll yeah. check it out. I'll check it out just because it's Kirkman. I'll yeah. Um, then we have a, a two for flip book. Uh, it's Mouse Guard and Dark Crystal flip book by Arkea Entertainment. Yeah, I definitely want to try that out for Dark. Uh, this is my yeah, this Crystal. is my pick of free comic book day. Already? Yeah. Okay. Th- this is the one that I am most excited about. Wow. Because I have picked up Mouse Guard. I haven't started reading it yet, but I have picked up Mouse Guard, so I'm interested in reading that. I've heard nothing but great things. I loved The Dark Crystal when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. I I still love it. I went to go see it at the theater. My parents took me. And Arkea always does a great job, so they do a great job with Fraggle Rock. I am very interested in this one. Yeah. So this, this is my ultimate pick. This is the one I'm most excited about. That if it's not at the first place, you're going to drive around until you find it? Yeah. Word. Yeah. Then we have Lock and Key Free Comic Book Day Edition by IDW Publishing. Now, I've I've heard of Lock and Key. I've never read yeah, it. I've never read it either. But it is, uh, it is about to become a Fox television series. Yeah, I've, so, I've heard that. I'm, I'm going to pass, though. I'll, I'll probably, it's free. I'll pick it up. Yeah. If I can get it, I'll pick it up and check it out. Um, now, we just talked to uh, Quinn. Quinn Johnson, yeah. Quinn Johnson, and we have, from Ape Entertainment, Kung Fu Panda and Richie Rich. It's a flip book. What a convenience. Now, <laughs> he didn't do the work in this book. No, not later But on. he's going to be doing later issues, so, yeah. I'll check it I'll out. I'll check it out. Sure. Uh, I loved Richie Rich. I have not seen Kung Fu Panda. I've seen it a lot. I've heard how awesome it is. It is very good. Jack Black's in it. Yeah. There's a lot of good voices in that. Yeah. I mean, Lucy Liu's in it. I saw the... Uh, trailer for the second one, and it it looked it piqued my interest. Oh yeah! So I'll be very interested to see Kung yeah, Fu Panda. My, my three year old loves Kung Fu Panda. I might have to borrow it from him. Okay. <laughs> I can definitely let that happen. Um, then we have uh, Geronimo Stilton and Smurfs from NBM Paper Cuts. Yeah, I'm all over that. I assume for the Smurfs side Word. of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for the Smurfs? No. The newest trailer. No. Mm. Is it that right? No. Yeah. Yeah, no. I heard it didn't look good, so I don't want to have No. I saw Gargamel. And, mm, no. Nah. Yeah. Maybe later I'll check it out. Um, so we already talked about the Green Lantern from DC. From Again, Flashpoint, yeah. Flashpoint, I'm not excited about that now that I know what it is. Right. Darkwing Duck, I'm also not excited about. I am. It's, it's Darkwing Duck Rescue Rangers. Right. But know what it is? It's reprints of the first issue of both. Right, but I didn't pick up the Rescue Rangers. I did. I think what it is is to get people jumping on yeah, Oh, yeah, that's what it so is. So I picked up the first trade of Darkwing Duck, and if right. they ever produce a second trade, I'll get that too. But right. I enjoy Darkwing Duck as a story, and I I think I'll I've enjoy been, Rescue Rangers yeah, too. I've been getting the single issues of both mm-hmm. from the beginning, and I like both. I don't need reprints. It's just that's for true. me. It's just yeah. for me. I don't need reprints. But, so. I mean, you would recommend it to somebody. If sure. Oh, absolutely. If someone has not picked them up, I would highly recommend. Yeah, because yeah. you're getting both. 
Yeah. And then we have uh, Archie. Uh, from Archie Comics, Betty and Veronica, uh, Pep Comics. I will get this. Sure. I always get the Archie and sure. free comic book. Sure, why not? Um, and then we have uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, and Star Wars Clone Wars. It's a flip book again. Yeah, I want half of this book. By Dark Horse Comics. You want the Avatar, <laughs> right? No, that's not the half I want. <laughs> so I want the Star Wars half. I've heard the cartoon for Avatar is good. I've never seen it. I haven't either. I heard the movie sucked. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm only interested in the Star Wars Clone Wars side of it. Uh, they have Savage Opress. Who I think this, this Airbender thing on the side, if they keep that part... Up, yeah. This will save us from yeah. going to other places, to right? Find Star Wars comics, um, yeah. So don't be thrown off if you see Avatar the Air, Airbender yeah, on the turn it over. Turn it over. There's Star Wars. That's the book you want. Um, <laughs> I have not watched season three of the Clone Wars, which is who, where they introduced Savage Press, but that's because, that's Darth Maul's brother, right? And it's because I fell behind on season two. Me too. I got season two on DVD. I've started watching that, but I'll wait till season three comes out right. for Star Wars. And then last but certainly not least, we have Amazing Spider-Man by Marvel Comics. That's my pick. Uh, yeah, I figured it would be. I saved it for last on purpose. Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely going to be yeah, one I have to pick up. Amazing off. Spider-Man, The Way of the Spider. Uh, definitely going to grab that. Yeah. So, And that's really it. Yeah, it's that's, free comic book day in a nutshell. And uh, Toy Fair, and we had an interview with Quinn Johnson. And yeah, and again, it's uh, first comic book, uh, free days, first Saturday in May, May 7th, right. 2011. And uh, last but not early. last but not least, uh, we have a top five list. Battle five. Oh wow! And, and this was a top five suggested to us by Danosaurus, who I don't even know if he's listening anymore. But he didn't really get into the whole uh, toy reviews, so he gave a suggestion of. Uh, Top five methods for destroying each other's toys. So nice. you guys know we argue a lot. Uh, so who was? Yeah. No. So I guess he figured if we pissed each other off enough that maybe we would want to destroy each other's stuff. Uh, yeah. stuff. So uh, so we have top five methods of how we would destroy each other's toys. All right. So you want to start? Yeah. Number five for me, uh, just because it recently happened to me, I would I would flood your toys. <laughs> Uh, like like your toys, like anything yeah. you got carded or right. like your comics. Right. I would just dump them in a pool of water, like a swimming right. pool. Right. And let them sink to the bottom and watch you crack. Well, that's funny because one of my honorable mentions was to put them in your basement. Oh, you <laughs> That was an honorable mention, though. All right. My number five. That's I got, not funny at all. <laughs> my number five was to collect them all into a pile, pour gasoline on them, and light a match, and force you to watch them while you were strapped to a chair. Wow. <laughs> I got creative. My number four is a little bit more creative than the flood thing. That was just a number okay. four. Uh, I would personally put them in a yard sale or, gr- or garage sale okay. at your house <laughs> in front of you and sell your toys to little kids who, over time, would break them. <laughs> so it's not one thing it's going to happen right then and there. It's like an ongoing thing. First, you have to part with them and get rid of them and then, oh, this kid's got them and he's, I know he's breaking them. I know right. it. So it, it would gnaw at you for days and years. Nice. <laughs> Um, my number four... How do you feel about that? Not so good. Uh, but you're not going to like my number four, so... I'm pass out. Um, my number four is I would basically gather them all together, and I would piss and shit on them. Wow! <laughs> because as much as you clean them... Yeah. You're never going to... It's not going to come out. Just the memory. You'll, you'll always know. You urinated on my key, man. <laughs> i got to get another one. Uh, my number three was I was actually going to take some of your figures over there, like that Green Lantern core you got there. And just put them in the trash disposal. Nice. And just turn it on. <laughs> chew them up a bit. 
Uh, because you can still pull it out. Oh, yeah. But you're not going to want it after no, that. No, no, no. Uh, nice. My number three is I would attach each figure to a bottle rocket for a 4th of July celebration fireworks display. <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> I've done that with... Uh, my I've friend, seen people do that, which is what made me think of my it. My friend so. Sean, we launched his uh, Luke Skywalker and Hoth gear. Right. Uh, it took four bottle rockets to get him off the air. Sure. Uh, tied him up with some black electrical tape. When he came down, we had his head too close to the, the fuse. Yeah. So all of a thing came down, his head fell off or oh, something because wow. it got too hot and it came unpegged. But there was like powder burns all over his neckline and torso. Wow. So his, his head was gone. Nice. All right, so you're number two. Number two is uh, fire. <laughs> just fire. I will just burn them in front of you into a big soupy giant plastic mess. Nice. Um, then you can have that. Okay. Big plastic <laughs> disc. Thanks. <laughs> it's yours. Um, my number two, I started getting really creative number two and number one. My number two is I would contact one of our military listeners overseas in Afghanistan. Holy crap. I would ship all your figures to him and have him hide them in those caves that are over there because you'll never find them. We can't no. find Osama bin Laden in those caves. You're not going to find your figures in those caves. <laughs> nice. uh, my number one is very similar to yours. It's just exploding them. <laughs> I would have fireworks, M80s, you know, whatever, and I would tape them to all your fire, all your figures there and just blow them up in front of you. Nice. Detonate them. Um, I got really elaborate. And you could have all the pieces in your backyard. I got really elaborate with number one. All right. I would steal all your figures and then hold them ransom for an amount that you can't afford but maybe could. So, like, maybe $100,000, like, yeah. if you mortgage your house or something like that. But you wouldn't want to do that. you wouldn't want to, yeah. And then each day I don't receive my payment, I would mail you back a leg, arm, head, or torso that's been mangled by a wood chipper or melted <laughs> in a microwave. So, I'm not just sending you your body parts back, because you could piece them back together. Right, right. That's what I'm like, something's happened to each one of them. A microwave. I didn't think about that, but that would be good. And with how many figures you have, if I'm just, it would take a long time for them all to come back to you, yeah. to the point where you're like, do I pay him? Or do I not pay him? <laughs> yeah. Um, my other honorable mention, besides the putting them in your basement, I had was I would give them to your wife and let her do with them whatever she wanted to. She would she would choose my option for you, <laughs> which which would be I think option number four, yard sale. Yard sale, sale, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's hope we never annoy each other that much that we yeah. do that. But uh, yeah, so wow. that was a fun one. That was fun. That was good. Um, all right, so let's give our uh, information out. over my house. <laughs> Let's give out our information. Uh, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us on the comicforums.com. You can email us, uh, starjoespodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. We're at starjoespodcast. You can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-5637 or 440-941-JOES. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. Please leave us a review there if you could. Yeah, that would be awesome. That you. would be amazing. <laughs> And we, and we tweet. We tweet. So uh, pass the word around. You can find us on Facebook. Uh, yeah. We're at 95 people on the fan site. We'd let's love, go to 100. Let's get 100. Let's get 100. So uh, so that would be great. And yeah, or if you go to our website and you find us there and you feel compelled to donate to the show. You could do that. What the hell? Go ahead. You could do that if you want to. Why not? Uh, but you can also leave comments on our website. Do that, too. So people have done that in the past, so that's great. Yeah, comment uh, on the episode or comment on Facebook or we on have, the forums. Yeah we, have so many, yeah, we have so many ways that you can reach us. Yeah, we'd just love to, to talk with you guys. Uh, one thing that I'm... Yeah, because our wives don't 
talk with us about this <laughs> shit. So we're all we've got. So uh, reach one, out to us. We need friends. One thing I might try to do: uh, we have episode twenty-five coming up soon. Maybe we can arrange something with some of our listeners uh, to do something special and maybe do a little Skype with them for just a little bit. Uh-oh. So email so, us if you're interested yeah. in Skyping with yeah. us on an episode in the years in the future. Let us know and I'll be Some ha- people have reached out before, but yeah. again, just if, to make sure you're into it and make sure we can do it, uh, it'll probably be in the next two episodes or so. So Yeah. Uh, in April, beginning of May. I would, say, May. I, would, I would say probably sometime beginning of April, please try to reach out. To us, because we're probably going to try to do this in May, right? So be ready by May. But if you want to do it, let us know around yeah. April. And those that have already contacted us about that, you don't need to contact again. I already have uh, you as a contact, so I'll be reaching out to you. But it, it might be fun to talk to some of our listeners for like twenty minutes or so, and we'll let we'll you'll pretty much have to go by our schedule. But we're pretty flexible. I mean, we usually record in the evening, so it's, it'll definitely be after most people work and stuff. Yeah, we have chats, so. Uh, But with that, we'll go ahead and uh, close by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, guys. Later. There are times when everybody dreams of becoming very rich or powerful. But what they don't think about are the problems and responsibilities that go with it. In today's story... He-Man was tested, and he proved his worth when he was able to resist the temptation to use his great power for any selfish gain. He knew that it's just as important to know when not to use force as it is to know when to use it.